Oh, hey, sorry for running behind, Carter. I'll get the mic set up. That's okay, Briggs. Sam's running behind, too. He's been on the Rube Goldberg machine grind set. Oh, nice. That sounds impractical. Not at all. This grind set chair works very well. I just can't get it to stop without crashing. All your setups have been just as bad. That breakfast machine burnt the cereal, made runny toast, and the eggs were soggy. Well, this setup is bound to amaze. With the drop of this ball, the recording studio will be ready within minutes. Oh, well, fuck me, I guess. Thanks. You're welcome. Holy crap, it worked! The mics are set up and the cords aren't tangled in. Why is the machine still going? Oh my god, it's destroying my room! Why is it destroying my fucking room? Oh yeah, I knew I should have moved that board a bit more to the left. Fuck your boards and marbles! My computer got flung into a fucking fishbowl! Why did you think this was a good idea? Well, excuse me for trying to make our lives a little more whimsical. Hey, uh, your nightmare contraption is spreading into your room now. Oh, what? Haven't I suffered enough? Stop it before it hits the next- Oh, no, not the tablet. Oh shit, this thing's been recording us. We wasted space on the card. We were sounding so put together. Now we look like idiots. I'm gonna turn this off and stop the machine before it reaches my room. I hate this fucking app. Some movies make you feel good. Some movies make you sick. But the best movies come in threes. Baby, let's take a trip to So, um, spoiler spoiler alert for Saltburn. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I yeah. highly recommend it. You but, don't want to uh, spoil the rest of the the the, the spice flaming universe. Exactly, the Saltburniverse. Yeah. But you know, at the end, once he owns Saltburn, what else is there to do but you know turn it into a giant playhouse? <laughs> A crazy, messed up place where anything can happen. Yeah, Full where there's talking furniture and Rube Goldberg machines. Exactly, you know. And, um, no judgmental wait staff and butlers, you know. Just fucking talking furniture, a genie's head in a box. Well, I mean, he clearly kept a, at least two, uh, three of the uh, of the wait staff. Because I mean, you have uh, Cowboy Curtis at one point, the King of Cartoons. Yeah. Uh, no, these the are all Phil just people Hartman that he's ship captain. I thought <laughs> these those are were people... all just other lords. No, these are people that he's paying to play into his psychotic fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, triptych. I'm Christopher Kreider. Nah, I'm Sam Sterling. Nah, I'm Briggs. And welcome to uh, the next se- the fourth season yeah. of Triptych. We are beyond the trilogy now in seasons, and uh, we're going to 2024. Um, you know, sometimes a fourth entry into something doesn't work out. Sometimes it does. Sometimes but- you get a Mad Max Fury Road. Sometimes you get an alien uh, four. Oh, resurrection. Oh, fuck you. Resurrection's awesome. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's Thank not. you. Do you like Resurrection? Oh yeah, fuck yeah. I yeah, love right. Resurrection. I that movie yeah. sucks. I remember I remember when I had uh when I had COVID back in September, one of my since I was closed up the whole week, one of my things that I went and binged was the original Alien Quadrilogy. And it was ah, the yeah. first time I'd watched Resurrection in probably at least fifteen or more years. And I fucking had so much fun. I love that one. It's French. You got Ron Perlman. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, was, I just kept pressing the button for Dr. Cringe to come in and help me get out of this situation because <laughs> it was just like, why is everything happening? That sucks. Well, you know, when we eventually do the alien episode, which we will, 
um, we'll we'll have a special guest appearance, the same way we had Exorcist the Heretic, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a redheaded stepchild entry that we want to discuss. You know, it's uh, like not not to break into the actual trilogy, but mm. uh, we'll cross that alien bridge probably later this year. But for now, though, I'm excited for this episode because a this is one of Kreider's picks, and yep. b we're actually talking about something lighthearted and not dark and bleak as all hell for a change. Crider, yeah. what are we talking about on our first episode of the year? Well, this is the Pee Wee Herman trilogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, while these are delightful and, you know, for the most part, very good for the soul, <laughs> um, it was, you know, it's R.I.P. Paul Rubens. Yes. One yes. of many people who died in 2023. What a shame. You know, I, I grew up watching the Pee Wee Herman show. I never watched these movies until uh, recording for this episode. And uh, so, Which is, you know, I grew up watching Pee Wee in general. And as a little kid, Pee Wee's Big Adventure and Big Top Pee Wee would kind of blend together. Mm-hmm. How? So I thought, he, I don't know, I thought he had a whole fucking Forrest Gump life, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like after he got his bike back, he left town and became a fucking agriculturalist. With a hot dog tree. <laughs> yeah. As you do. What's there to not understand about that? <laughs> you, just don't, uh, you just don't get it, Briggs. I, I will say, this this was my first time watching any of these. Um, actually, really just watching uh, Pee Wee in general. You, you haven't know. watched any Pee Wee's Playhouse? I mean, I've seen little bits and pieces here and there of episodes, but I've never really gone out of my way and sat down like, I'm going to watch Pee-wee's Playhouse, so I've never really liked, and of course I've seen like the parodies and stuff, setups yeah. on like yeah, Robot Chicken know. and Robot Family Chicken Guy, and, and, and Family Guy doing their. Uh, it's funny because, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not supposed to be that dark, but I would we'll get into it. I think that Pee-wee's demeanor hides a very dark, disturbing soul. Yeah, he salt burned mm. a family. Yeah, he salt burned a family, <laughs> or at the very least, he's you know salt burned his own family. <laughs> we'll get into my you various fan theories. You can't salt burn your own family. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, then he just murdered his parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He either you know he's he's basically you know one of Batman's other villains like Black Mask or there we go, Prometheus or like Ewan McGregor. Hush, you know, just one of the bajillions of Batman's enemies that are also that were also grow, grew up rich as only sons, but killed their parents instead of watching them die. Ah, I see. You also killed your parents for the money. No, I didn't. Why does everybody keep saying that nowadays? <laughs> it's a fan theory I read on Facebook. <laughs> I heard that you went crazy after killing your parents and became the Joker. I can't be the Joker in me at the same time. Don't it's be- a time travel thing. Fuck. Don't make me kill you too. <laughs> Don't make me kill you too. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Nothing. No, and so, um, yeah. So it's these are very special movies to me, and I I ate Pee Wee's Playhouse like for breakfast. I love that show so fucking much. Oh yeah, it's a I, good show. I absolutely loved Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Like I can see now why it has the cult following it does. Like that movie was so goddamn funny. Now like, that movie's a Swiss watch. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about how like that's you know the perfect version of both Tim Burton and Pee Wee Herman in my opinion. I and think I, it's interesting how like the movies have nothing to do with the show, which is kind of nice. Right? The movies have nothing to do with the other movies. Yeah, uh, and and you know I was actually even surprised to find out that the movie preceded the show. 
I did not know this going into it, but you said, wasn't it, didn't you say the, the movie? Yeah, the movie precedes the show, and, you know, the character was already kind of like a stand-up character. Huh, interesting. And this is an almost Andy Kaufman-esque type of uh, yeah, I could see performing that. Ar- performance artist character where you're literally parodying, like, early kids talk show hosts. Yeah. You know, like... And, and you know, like I didn't like Big Top. I'll we'll get into that later on. Yeah, and I remember then, Big Top being better than it was, but I'll talk about the uh, good points of it. And then uh, uh, holiday. And then we saw yeah Pee Wee's Big Holiday, which I had never seen. It was back in the era where everyone gets a Netflix movie. And you know? yeah. yeah, it it wasn't perfect, but I I definitely liked it more. And there was definitely some bits that really made us laugh like fucking assholes in here. Just no, there's oh, also yeah, some sure. very questionable choices, which I'm like, hey, I respect them for making this bold of a swing. So you know, it's like that one is very you know, it's hit or miss. It's hit mm-hmm. or miss, but they definitely had an intention all the way through. Yeah, mm. whether or not it was good, but mm. yeah, and um. Watch fucking Saltburn. Yeah. Fucking, oh my fucking god. Tight. But, Salt uh, Saltburn was great. I, I, this is probably gonna end up being like. A, I, I like how you put it in the in the chat where it's like, "Hey guys, remember when our James Bond episode turned into a Men 2022 episode?" Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but uh, y'all wanna so, go ahead and uh, get on into Big Adventure? Yes. Let's was, do it. Uh, what? So I was just trying to look up. So Pee Wee Herman is himself a parody of a 1950s children's TV host, Pinky Lee. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was reading about how he's kind of a, supposed to be a parody of like uh, children's like 50s or 60s programming characters. And in uh, 1979, he first debuted the character as a contestant on The Dating Game. Oh, wow. The Dating Game? Oh, yeah. wow. That's, That's where bizarre. you had to have, have like three guys that you can't see. Yeah. You remember Mallrats, Sam? Yeah, I remember Mallrats. Do you know the host of The Dating Game was a government assassin? Wait, what? What? Yeah. Look it up. Huh. Uh, Look it up. You won't. I won't. I <laughs> no, won't, actually. It's actually true. It's a Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Look it up. Oh, interesting. Creator of the Gong Show, host of the dating game, <laughs> fucking government assassin. But, wow. you know, uh, Paul Rubens was a pretty good actor, like, in general. Like, you know, I think, like, he's good in uh, the, the Batman Returns as the dad to the penguin. He's really good as the fart guy in Mystery Men. He oh, yeah, a, he's a fart guy in Mystery Man. <laughs> he has a small cameo in uh, in Blues Brothers as the waiter at the fancy restaurant when they're going around trying to recruit the band back together. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, in the latter day, he was on Reno 911 as like sort of a weird citizens on patrol guy helping them do an investigation. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> no, and like Paul Rubens is a, was a very, very funny man. Yeah. And, and uh, he will be missed. You yeah. guys should listen to his Conan O'Brien episode of Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Paul Rubens. Pretty, yeah. pretty darn good. But uh, let's let's dive in. Cool. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee Herman, deranged billionaire man-child, takes pleasure in the frustration of others. But when frustration is turned on him, when his bike is mysteriously taken... He turns that turn back in turn on the people he frustrated with no irony whatsoever. After spreading his annoyance on bullies, friends, and randos, he takes his frustration on the road to annoy criminals, the working class, and all the way up to Hollywood, where he romanticizes his frustrating existence, turning him on to the idea of going to TV. (laughs) Well... 
That where's was... where's the lie? Yeah, <laughs> there is no that's, lie. That's yeah, how it, it is. Be like that's Sam just goes. described Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so this is very early Tim Burton, right? This is this his, is his first feature, feature film. Yeah. Right? Oh, this is okay. his, uh, feature length debut. He uh, apparently he had just left Disney at the time. Yeah, he was uh, like an animator. He he was an animator. He worked on uh, such uh, Disney classics as The Black Cauldron. Wait, so Pee Wee Herman was an an or Paul Rubens was an animator. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Was an, I said Tim Burton. Sorry, I was said looking, Tim Burton. Sorry, I was Stupid looking at fucking idiot. I'm distracted. Okay, I can't help myself. <sighs> yeah, Tim Burton was an animator on The Black Cauldron, <laughs> which is uh, the cinematic equivalent of this disc- of uh, that talking bit right there <laughs> i have never seen the black cauldron and i don't think i will it's uh it's it's a real like you know oh this happens and then happens and then this happens and then that happens and then the movie that's ends. the weird thing about watching the sword and the stone it's like man for a movie that's all animated you'd think they could make it more interesting yeah no i, I know right it's like, wow this is the most boring version of the King Arthur myth I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, you you haven't watched that uh that remake in the two thousands. Which one? The one with uh, what's his face? Is it the guy Richie Clive one? Owen? Oh no, I didn't see that one. Yeah, no, that's stupid as hell. Well, anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, so Tim Burton, he had uh just left Disney, uh, he had uh made the short film Frankenweenie. Which is great. And and Vincent. And Vincent. And that's actually what got him the job, apparently, is that uh, Warner Brothers executive who was working with Pee Wee Herman on it, uh, you know, trying to find the right director. He was like, "Uh, hey, dude, you want to do this uh, movie? Um, You know, you you haven't really, uh, you know, we loved your work with Vincent and we think uh, your style would be really good for it. And at first he wasn't actually sure about it, Tim Burton. Uh, But uh, he said... Uh, eventually he said yeah when he read the script yeah because like the script is uh written by paul rubens and phil hartman phil hartman as well as michael verhall uh apparently this was phil hartman and michael michael verhall's first time actually writing a script they had never read any books on script writing they just wrote it uh they but they did know at least one rule which is uh, the page length has to equal the running time, which is why it's also exactly 90 pages. Yep. And they made sure that the bike was stolen on page 30 and that the bike came back into into play on page 60. Mm-hmm. And I'm apparently working. this shows up uh, that after after a while, when they went back to doing more script writing, they had found that this uh that they're writing on Pee Wee Herman made uh, on, the, on this movie made it into like script writing books. Oh, wow. That's like the joke about Robert Townsend. Where, like, after writing Chinatown, he was like, maybe I should try to read a book about screenwriting because I don't have any formal training. And they were all like, just watch Chinatown. The, the Godfather as well. Yeah, no, Mario Puzo, Puzo. And it's like, being a good writer is not something you can learn by reading a book. You know, as much as this is an episode and a tribute, really, to Paul Rubens, we, you know, Sam bringing it up, like, we got to throw a shout out to Phil Hartman. Like, yeah, he's been mm-hmm. dead way longer it turns out. But, so sad. But Such man, a sad what what a fucking talent he was because I mean, shortly after this I think is when he got in on Saturday Night Live, I think. Mhm. And uh yeah, and then of course he was on there for fucking forever as like one of their best <laughs> it's performers. One of the best, of course, the Sim 
Simpsons, like... You oh, know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lionel Hutz. Yeah, he only gets to play, like, two or three characters, but they're all fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> SNL is actually why he couldn't make it. He wanted to help make uh, the second movie, but he was too busy with his schedule on SNL to help. Oh, man. Yeah, well, that... Sorely that missed. Might, that might explain... <laughs> a lot. I have, some, I have some theories about the problems with the second one, but we'll get there when we get there. But not only is this also uh, it's a writing debut for a whole lot of people. It's you know it's a writing debut for Phil Hartman. It's a directing debut for Tim Burton. But it's also a music debut for Danny Elfman. Really? This he had not done movies. He had not composed for movies before this movie, and he actually almost turned it down. He talked to his agent. He talked to his friends. He was like, "I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure." And they were like, "Well, if you're not sure about it, man, then just turn it down." And right then and there, when he was going to call up. Uh, Pee Wee, uh, Paul Rubens, and said and turned down the job. Last minute on that phone call, he's like, "Hey, I'll do it." <laughs> oh man! To be fair, it, uh, there was the Forbidden Zone. The what now? Forbidden Zone. For- Forbidden Zone is a movie directed by Danny Elfman's brother. And did he do the music on it? Yes, or? that was the first appearance of Oingo Boingo before they were a band. Oh, so well, I mean, that says Oingo Boingo. This is this is him actually composing music for a movie. Okay, but yes, so but they did music for a movie with that. Yeah, okay, I'm just being technical, <laughs> but no, you're being pedantic. Uh, <laughs> it's not technical at all. America, Americans love that. Yeah. Attacking my rhetoric instead of the content. Wow, this is the second time Oingo Boingo has come up in one of our discussions. Pretty Did we talk about Oingo Boingo last time? No, uh, uh, they're uh, they're the uh, band that's playing in the second Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Went on that bridge scene where he's fucking murdering those two kids and they're oh driving. wow oh yeah he's got the right. corpse strapped to his chest. So cool. All these years later, taking it back to episode three or two, I think. I don't yeah, it's know. It's two or three. I don't remember. <laughs> there is an actor that, and now, uh, while Stanley Helfman said yes to this movie, there is somebody who did turn down being in this movie. Who's that? And that's Corey Feldman. Oh, he's gonna be the, really? He's going to be the kid with the bike in uh, the, the movie set uh, by the end. Oh, Wait, yeah. when, was, when was this made? Uh, it, it was 80, 80, 85. Oh, that makes sense why he turned that down. Cause he's probably busy doing fucking Goonies around that time. That is exactly <laughs> why he turned it down. He no, was the busy char- ro- doing Goonies. The character almost feels like a parody of Corey Feldman. But a that little, kid was yeah. in Monster Squad. Yeah. He was. He was which the is, bully in Monster Squad. Which is basically eh. better Goonies. Eh. What else was eh, he in it's though? Great. No, it's not. Was he in a, was he in a Friday? Um, I don't think he was in a Friday. I know he was in the Wonder Years. Yeah, it was in the That's Wonder Years. That's his main claim to fame. He's the older brother in the Wonder Years. There's another horror movies, and we talked about. Never mind. <laughs> Should have written it down. Who fucking cares? <laughs> That's a now, good point. Um, <laughs> so, like, I have some theories about Pee Wee Herman. Go for it. Uh, I like to think that a good way to think of Pee Wee Herman is that he's what Russian people think Americans are like. <laughs> I can see it. Explain. <laughs> Okay, so like he always makes a shitload of food and then eats a little bit of it, and he's like, "Mmm, eggy," and then he'll just like throw the rest of it away, <laughs> you know. And then he's just like, he's got so much shit that he doesn't use. Not to mention he's eating Mr. T cereal, so yeah. it's just like the most celebrity incarnated breakfast food at the time. Yeah, all he does is consume. He doesn't contribute to society in any way, he's, you know. He's very wasteful in his use of it. Yep, and yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah, he has no love for anybody but himself. So it's like this is like Russian propaganda of what wasteful capitalist Americans are like. Oh God, 
Hey, and real little qu- do they know, do they see the irony of their own system? <laughs> um, I'm looking now. the The kid that plays the child actor in this, uh, we were forgetting. He's also uh, Marty McFly's uh, uncle as a kid. Right, That's Back to the Future. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, what do you mean? You just see? There we go. That's brand, brand new. new. <laughs> What's yeah. a rerun? Yeah. <laughs> What's a rerun, bro? <laughs> yes. He looks like Muscle Man in that part. You know who else has seen this episode before? <laughs> My mom. Yeah. Oh, I know this is new. You know you know who I'm going to take to the prom? <laughs> My mom. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Um, so I would argue that uh, Bo is afraid. Has a lot in common with Pee Wee Herman. I could totally see it. Oh, 100%. See, like, so Pee Wee, you know, we have the, um, so like I said, it's really good what you said about the writing. And it's like, yeah, we established Pee Wee's life and his routine. He's going to the magic shop, you know. He is, he doesn't have a care in the world, but he loves his fucking bike. He's got a James Bond, like, fucking special way of hiding it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being a little kid and thinking, like, that is a cool fucking bike. Mm-hmm. There's a there's an interesting story about uh, why a bike for this script. So when uh, so when when Paul Rubens was working on uh, this movie uh, and, and he was pitched to the idea of doing a Pee Wee Herman movie, he originally was apparently going to remake this film called uh, Pollyanna and just like have him be the main character. Hmm. But then he realized how everybody at the the Warner Brothers studio. Everybody had a bike to get around. Oh yeah, and he was like, "Hey, I want a bike." <laughs> and it was a whole thing trying to get his own personal bike to get around the studio a lot for him. And that served as the basis for this. Movie. And then a child, pretty much, and a child star stole it from him, and it was Corey fucking Feldman. <laughs> <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? That it would have been. That would have been great if Feldman could have done Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh yeah, we'll talk about how like the you know just a little bit of casting changes like some of these could be really amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I thoroughly enjoyed all of this movie. Not this one. I'm getting you know the later ones. Oh, oh later. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> There's some uh, great actors in this movie. Not a lot of big names. No, but I mean, it was nice seeing Mark Holton who plays Francis. Uh, you know, from the Leprechaun. Oh yeah, <laughs> you ever seen Leprechaun, Chris? Kind of. He's he's the dumb contractor in the the trio he of idiots. He took my ear. <laughs> he like eats one of the coins, thinking it's made of chocolate, because he's fat and stupid. Nah, it's like it's really great when you watch that movie because you think I know how much the Leprechaun sucks, and then you're like, wow, this really sucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but hey, you know, young Jennifer Aniston was fucking built. Hey, and then you watch all the rest of them, and you're like, oh god, these are just getting worse and worse. It's like, oh I god, know, it's, it's like, worse. Yeah, this starts off on a bad foot. So like, <laughs> why would I watch any sequels? Um, you know, speaking of horror movie alum, uh, another fun uh, face that I wasn't expecting to see pop up in this was uh, E.G. Daly as Dottie. She was also in uh, The Devil's Rejects as one of Ken Forey's prostitutes. But more famously and wholesomely, she was also Tommy Pickles on The Rugrats. And like oh, a million yeah. other a million other characters. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's she's got an, an adorable voice. You yeah. Know? <laughs> we also yeah, have... like this sets up the whole thing of like someone's trying to bang Pee and he's like, I'm sorry, Dottie. <laughs> so this is uh this is him that is uh least interested in being with women i know that's yeah we'll talk about that too it's like in the second one he seems to he finally he, found he, his anatomy i know and then like i guess he went overboard and jerked off in a movie theater in sarasota florida <laughs> <laughs> but hey 
That's neither here nor there. No, it's in Sarasota. That's yeah, in Sarasota. Yeah, it's a place, <laughs> a place I've heard about, but I've never been to. I don't think it's real. No, it's probably not. Like Maine. Who yeah. needs to go there? Yeah, it's Honestly. like, have you ever, has anybody ever actually been to Connecticut? What even is Connecticut? Exactly. It's not a real state. Isn't that like a city or something? <laughs> Connecticut is supposed to be a state. Connecticut, if you're real, sound off. I don't hear you. I don't hear anybody. <laughs> Send us an email if you're real, Connecticut. <laughs> We're not going to check it, but... <laughs> We're not going to check it, but hey, if you... Hashtag knows? is Connecticut real. Hashtag is Connecticut real. <laughs> <laughs> there was something like that. What was like... Someone being like, is this state even real? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, lo- I love the old the old meme, meme about where it's like uh, Stephen King invented Maine. Just there we go, that's books. it. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, Maine isn't even real. <laughs> The story uh, takes place in Maine, of course. There's no, nowhere else to live. Oh no, it is like a Massachusetts. Yeah, that's an it's an SCP about how Massachusetts doesn't actually exist. Like <laughs> what, uh, Massachusetts is itself an SCP. <laughs> what uh, Pee Wee Herman's house in this movie? It's like a it's like a, a low low downed version of the Pee Wee show house. Yeah, you know? it's, it's like it's, it's still whimsical. Cartoony. It's got yeah. you know it's got Rube Goldberg machines for uh, all the like breakfast making but, yeah, but there's it's no quote, talking it, furniture yeah it's quote unquote grounded in this one yeah like, there's no real i don't i guess with some exceptions with like except for the ghost of the trucks truck driver lady oh large oh, marge. yeah large marge yeah large marge is probably the most fantastical element of this movie no and like you know it's almost it's hilarious because tim burton's almost auditioning for you know a batman movie in a lot of ways yeah like oh, man. you, you can know, see it. he's got a fireman's pole where he comes out on the other side with his outfit on exactly like the old um, Adam West Batman. Oh, yeah, 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 he does. That's great. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's no, a pterodactyl somewhere in there, I think. Yeah, but he doesn't move. <laughs> he hasn't sold his soul yet to make them all <laughs> live. All live. <laughs> no, and it's like when you're a little kid, man. Like especially being like an '80s or '90s kid, like. The, the kit, the toys are so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So Pee Wee has every toy that you want to buy, but you can't get when you're a little kid. Isn't and there that, a... And that's what happens when you seduce and destroy a rich family at Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, just fuck their whole world. <laughs> and then you make the mom really sick and you just rip out her oxygen tube and it's like, hmm. <laughs> 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 I'm to What's the matter? Can't breathe? Huh? Uh-huh. Euthanasia e. Yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! You're yeah. a monster, Peewee. I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking liar, mate. I'm sorry you feel that way, Felix. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I just gave you what you wanted, Felix. Sorry, I wasn't a good enough performer. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm struck as like, you know, if we were going to do our horrifying reimagining of Pee Wee, it's like we talk about Joaquin Phoenix, he'd be really great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also Barry Keoghan. Yeah, Barry Keoghan <laughs> now would be really good um, after watching Saltburn. Yeah, no. So like, like a really like, you know, just a, a low grade version, you know, like more toned down. Yeah, no, that's a Pee Wee that could really fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's the Pee Wee you least expect. Yeah, like which Joker would be the next Pee Wee Herman? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, and sometimes um, I forget that he's gonna—he was the Joker at that last little tag at the end of the Batman. Yeah, yeah, many people do. I'm glad that deleted scene was removed. That was cringe. Yeah. I think he does pretty good in it. It was cringe. Yeah. I don't need another new Joker. It was cringe. Yeah, well, I'm sick of the Joker. 
Yeah. I mean, I'll go watch the second Joker. I'm glad it has course, nothing but... to do with uh, that Joker movie. There's only one the Joker, Zach Galifianakis. True, true, true. <laughs> no, you guys, the the real Joker never even got a shot at being the Joker in one yeah. of these movies. Paul Rubens. No. Ooh. Tommy Wiseau. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, yes. Of course. Tommy Wiseau would make a great Pee Wee Herman. Holy shit, that'd be awesome. It's like, I, we're making I can't real... believe they took my bike. <laughs> <laughs> that was too much acting. <laughs> <laughs> I can't date you, daddy. I'm just a little boy inside. I'm a rebel. You don't want to get mixed up with me. I'm a rebel. You don't want to get mixed up with me. You can't. Oh, I'm going to the magic shop. You're my favorite customer. Thank you. Nice doggy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, about that magic shop. Um, yeah, it's an amazing magic shop, by the way. Like, I would, I would kill to go there. Yeah, the guy just like starts unloading gag props on him. Yeah, like, and then right. it's like the fake gum. Uh, yeah, we got the gag gum, which comes up later. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's what what made it so this is gum, a, by the way. Yeah, uh, he well, gave it to Francis, and there was black ooze coming out of yeah, his mouth. Yeah, there were two flavors fruit and mint. So the mint one, like, made black ooze come out of his mouth, and the fruit was like spicy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's why the dad eats it. He's like, ah, and he's like, but this is like the cue in James Bond scene because he gives him all these like weird magic gadgets that he uses throughout the movie. Yeah, they're not always useful. Oh, no. there's the disguise kit. Yeah, there's the disguise kit which he uses several times, I believe, and um, then uh, the uh, headlight, the headlight glasses. Yeah, the headlight glasses, which is one of my favorite gags, where he's walking through the darkness and you just see like the animated eyes. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'll put on my headlight glasses, and then when he puts them on. There's just like a thousand wild animals surrounding <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. A thousand wild, like you know, taxidermied and puppeteering animals. No, and like his performance in this is so interesting because we talk about how like there's this scene where he has the whole town in his attic nor in his basement to talk about like who may have stolen his. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like I've lost my mind. And he's like recreates the whole crime scene. It's like oh these little details mean nothing, but you have to go over them over and over again. It's like man, he really is playing like Peter Lorre in that movie M. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, you it's know like, what? That is what's going on. <laughs> he's a very Peter Laurie kind of guy. It's like instead of like you know trying to run away, he's like, "I'm begging you, kick my ass." <laughs> I'm not asking. I'm telling you, I need my bike. <laughs> no, and like as a little kid, I was uh, I always worshipped Pee Wee, but like as an adult, I'm like, man, he is a, he is a real asshole. <laughs> oh yeah, no, as a person, Pee Wee sucks. Oh yeah, he's yeah. a <laughs> terrible person. Like you know, he goes to the cops and wastes their time. You know, like why would you think the Soviets would steal your bike now? <laughs> I know, and like this is literally how QAnon people like think now. You know, it's like coincidence. I think not. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and once he realizes it's Francis, then he like you know storms his house. And like he locks like, him into a bathroom. He locks the bathroom. door and he's like, he's like, go ahead and scream your head off. <laughs> no one can hear. And uh, there, and he has a, a big fat butler that looks kind of like um, Odd Job from oh so, from Goldfinger, Gold, yeah, yeah from Goldfinger, <laughs> yeah. Just super weird. He somebody doesn't have his hat, unfortunately. No, yeah, that, oh, that would have been so great if he did have the hat. Peter tried to run into Saltburn, another family. <laughs> it's, oh God, it's spreading. <laughs> the Saltburn, yes. Saltburn disease. I, I did. 
uh, going back a bit to the magic shop stuff. So there was the one gadget that didn't quite make it into the movie later on, which is a boomerang bow tie, which apparently there was a deleted scene of him using in his in the Hollywood chase scene. See, I would have loved to have seen the boomerang bow tie used. Yeah, no, yeah, because like that never happens in James Bond. He always uses every gadget. And apparently, it got cut in exchange for the uh, the Tarzan swinging scene. Apparently, that just took up too much time. Oh. oh. Dang. So we got a Tarzan joke instead of seeing that boomerang bow tie go off. Yeah, and no, the fact that he's swinging on a vine while holding onto the bike means that Pee-wee has insanely strong thighs. I know, yeah. right? Damn. So it would be a great reveal if he took off his outfit and like Barry Keoghan, he's just fucking ripped under there. <laughs> <laughs> and hung. Got like a, yeah, he's yeah, ripped hung. and just like oh, hanging dong. <laughs> Jesus <you know>? Christ. <laughs> Kid Cuddy. <laughs> yeah, dude, doing that Kid Cuddy, man. Uh Jesus. It's like a fucking, yeah, upside down palm tree. <laughs> but, um, the, 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 there's a, the, he, he, go, him going around town is very interesting because he meets, uh, you know, he, he is, like, not friends with a whole lot of people, but he knows a lot of people because there's, like, the biking team. Yeah, there's the kid of BMX. There's the, all the BMX kids. Yeah, the BMX the Extreme Team. BMX was really hot for some reason. <laughs> I love that and he they're wraps. all just always in their outfit. I love that he wraps, like, the bike around with a huge, long chain. Around the statue, right? Yeah. yeah he wraps it to, like... an elect- to an animatronic clown. Yeah. Which I'm just like, what if they just take the clown and the bike? Yeah, right. That's what I would have done. Oh, that poor uh, clown. No, no, leave the clown out of this. Fuck that. I ain't taking that. Take the bike. Leave the clown. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, and he's like, he's very protective of his bike. And of course, it gets stolen. Yeah. And uh, his rich neighbor, Francis, who's like, I guess also a man child. Yeah, yeah. Except his parents are alive. I know. Yeah. <laughs> they cut they cut I him think, off. I think Pee-wee's parents are still alive. They're just too poor for him, so he went and salt burned a family. <laughs> Either that or he just keeps them chained up in the basement like animals. Yeah, no. Do we ever see the base well we we're in the basement. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, he has everybody in town in the basement at one point. That's when they're screaming the loudest, but we can't hear them. What if it's kind of like a, a Count of Monte Cristo? type thing where he's just got the family walled up in the basement you mean the cask of a montadio that yes yeah no monte cristo he was just in jail for a long time and they oh. came out to get revenge oh it's yes, the count of right. amontillado that's the one you're thinking of yes i'm gonna is. kill my ex-wife's new husband <laughs> that's zorro two no that's zero one what <laughs> yeah are you saying because antonio banderas was in count of monte cristo no no because the plot of zorro is like uh the guy like kills uh the first anthony hopkins zorro's wife and then raises the daughter yeah mm. it's a good movie zorro yeah, it is. there aren't three of those i know i was just about to say i wish we could do that i know i mean i'm amazed we haven't gotten a bad like zorro reboot well i mean they've been trying they have been it's a you know they're, they're only robin hood and king arthur get to have shitty like over and over and over and over and over again reboots you know why because they're in the public domain that's true. Uh, we yeah. could do a Robin Hood if we wanted to. Eventually, Zara will be in the public domain. Yeah, one day. Like you know, I mean, how long? How long do we have to wait, really? So yeah, so Steamboat Willie, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dancing yeah. naked. Oh god, showing yeah. off his Steamboat Willie. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no, and um, so Tim Burton is so wonderful and wacky in this one, and like. He uses a lot of amazing like lighting cues where like it'll be like completely dark, you know. Yeah. And um, Tim Burton always had this sense of artificiality that was still very grounded. 
and a fun use of color. Exactly. So like once he started using CGI, it just stopped feeling real to me. Oof, I don't know. See, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Big Fish has CGI in it, and that's done really well. Well, Big Fish is mostly in the quote unquote real world. Yeah, that's fair. It's mostly real. So, like, when you're watching something like Edward Scissorhands or Pee-wee's Big Adventure or Beetlejuice, like, all these absurd... Batman. You're Batman, yeah. All these absurd realities, they're presented as miniatures or stop-motion animation, like, something you can put your fingers on. Mm. And that's, like, Tim Burton in his sweet spot to me. Yeah, no, I see what you're getting at there. Well, I mean, yeah, okay, so you agree then Mars Attacks sucks? I like Mars Attacks. Yeah, I like Mars Attacks too. Yeah, but that's CGI and it's it's terrible. bad CGI. It's a bad movie. I love it. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's, it's a bad movie. That's why I don't love it. He was so committed after making Ed Wood. It's like you know what I want to do. I want to be Ed Wood for I a little bit. I want to make an Ed Wood movie. And oh, he did. God. It was great. Hell oh, yeah! No. I love that. That's his most star-studded movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fucking Jack Black, Michael J. Fox, Pierce like, Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. It's like, are we? What are we gonna do? Jack it's Nicholson. like we're gonna cut off Pierce, Pierce Brosnan's head. But and then he's we're gonna, James Bond, though. And then we're going to put Sarah Jessica Parker's head on a fucking chihuahua body. <laughs> and we're going to bite off Martin Short's finger and feed it to a fish. That Jack movie's Nicholson fucking is, great. Jack yeah. Nicholson's going to get stabbed with the flag. But he's also alive as a different character. Yeah. Until he's not. <laughs> and one of the only survivors left on Earth will be Tom Jones. Ah, uh, yes. Dun, 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 uh, dun, man, uh, you make me really want to watch this movie, Sam. Thank you for reminding yeah. me how great uh, Mars Attacks is. I'm going to do the hard pitch. We should force him to revisit it one day. I, I mean, wanna... we're, we are going to do a Tim Burton exclusive trilogy because the next three Tim Burton movies are like definitive Tim Burton. Solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's what? It's Beetlejuice, Batman, and... It's Beetlejuice. It's Edward Scissorhands, Beetlejuice, and then the first Batman. I thought Edward Scissorhands was later in the 90s. I thought Beetlejuice was the very next one he did. Let me double check. He no, Edward Scissorhands is next. Huh. Interesting. But I had I had always assumed Edward Scissorhands was a, a 90s movie and that he jumped straight to Beetlejuice after. No, nah, dude, it's one. 80s. Remember, it's got fucking Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Af- huh. After after Pee Wee, he did Beetlejuice, Batman, and then Edward Scissorhands in uh, 1990. Ah. Uh, oh, Briggs was right. Yeah. yeah. I was wrong. No, my favorite. Um, got a cl- can I get a clean take of me being right? Thank you. <laughs> but no, that that would be a fun episode to do because I still to this day have never seen Edward Scissorhands. There's oh, actually what? There's quite a few Tim Burton films I still have not seen. I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. I have not seen uh, Ed Wood, which I plan on rectifying very soon. I have not seen Sleepy Hollow. Ooh, I love Sleepy oh, Hollow. Man. I was and, doing the hard pitch on Hallie to watch Sleepy Hollow because Sleepy Hollow is like, it's like if Mario Bava and Tim Burton worked together. <laughs> That's, and, that might be my favorite Halloween movie to watch. And then uh, even though I've seen bits and pieces of it, I don't think I've actually seen the entire movie. It's another one Sam's going to say sucks is uh, Burton's Planet of the Apes remake. Oh, that movie's terrible. <laughs> that movie's garbage. My dad and I watched it twice to make sure it was terrible. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Now, uh, uh, Alex, I, um, who is a director of photography on a short film we're working on. Yeah. He was listening to the podcast, so shout out if you're listening right now. Hi. Hi. And uh, he was and he was like, oh, so you guys like the new Planet of the Apes? He's like, yeah, we love those. And he was like, you know, controversial opinion. I like the Tim Burton Planet of the Apes. And I was like, that's interesting because, like, you know, visually, I love that one a lot. Yeah. Like, I think it looks very cool, and that's the best, like, practical makeup effects we've ever gotten. Didn't Rick Baker oh, yeah. win the Oscar for that one? Yeah, of course he did. Nice. 
And I just like, you know, if, if it wasn't fucking Matt Damon and if the script was just a bit better, like that could have been a fucking you mean hole in one. Matt Damon. You mean uh, Mark Wahlberg? Yes. Dude, if they had <laughs> cast Matt Damon, that would have been fucking great, right? Yeah, that would have been good. That's good casting right there. Yeah. No, yeah. and like, actually, that kinda, fuck, that would have been great. Kind of <laughs> reminds me of uh, how Suicide Squad won Oscar for best makeup and that movie's shit. No, and it beat something that really pissed me off that year. It was uh, Star Trek Beyond. That's yeah, what pissed me yeah. off that year, anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> no, and like, I also love how kind of dark Pee Wee gets, especially when he's like running around and like you got the Danny Elfman music. Yeah, it's and just he's got, kind like, of the big shadow. <laughs> yeah, and oh, that's Tim Burton's great. <laughs> like the gangbanger comes up to him. He's like, hey, you, we don't take kindly to strangers on our turf. And he hisses at them like a cat. <laughs> And they all like run away. <laughs> and that's when he's going to see the psychic, right? It was he just comes across her and she's just like taking all of his money and she's like, "Oh, your bike's at the Alamo." It's like the because Al- she's like looking around. She's a uh, Kaiser Sozing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Where you just look for random things. She's like, "Yes, it's in the basement of the Alamo." So like, because he is like deeply disturbed and detached from reality, he trusts her entirely, <laughs> and then just goes off. I think it's because she goes through his wallet and he, she sees a picture of his bicycle. Yeah. It's which like is funny. You're looking for a bicycle. Oh, yes. How'd you know? <laughs> oh, Pee-wee, it's so hot. It's not supposed to be hot in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, where are you? <laughs> Meeting. <I> s- <laughs> Why are you down there? Oh, I said Damn, when your grandfather was shot by a robber. That, that seems unfair, Grandma. I don't think you deserve that. <laughs> he says it so casually, too. It's like, that's pretty unfair. I don't think you should be in help. Anyway. <laughs> you, know, I just, you know, I just went back and binged all of Smiling Friends the other day, and God damn it, still so great. It's too good a show. Shout out to Smiling Friends coming out with another season this year. Eventually. Oh, thanks fucking God. Mm-hmm. I need it. But you know we're like we're working on animation too, and like I get it, animation it is time. very hard, especially with uh you know crazy animation like that. Yeah, no, it's like especially if you want to do it well. Mm-hmm. If you want to do some of these TikTok poser shit, you don't need to work very hard. Yeah. You hear me, TikTok? <laughs> Gen Z. You hear me, Gen Z? Get off our re- lawn. <laughs> had a Gen Z moment where I bought. I went to a smoke shop and I thought it was a tiny mouse pad and they were like, that's a dab pad. <laughs> I, like, I literally can't understand what this is for. And the guy was like, it would work as a mouse pad though. It's like, it was like, thank you. It's I will take my circular mouse pad. <laughs> I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I used to be, I was never with it. The good news about being me and Sam and no, Briggs is awesome, but uh, <laughs> me and Sam have Thank never you. me and Sam have never been cool. So there's no I mean, pr- there's no I've pressure. Never, I'm I'm not cool either. I just hide it better. <laughs> uh, I see, Briggs, I see. you're a liar. <laughs> you're you're a handsome liar. I can't wait to go to North Carolina and salt burn your whole fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so you you y'all have the disadvantage right now of having us only audio right now but i showed up to Kreider's house today so Kreider has been without hair for years at this point but i walk in and <laughs> fucking sam is skinheaded now yeah and he shaved like, his well he shaved his head and his beard yeah so i'm completely just clean right now this is the first time we're having only two beards on the show can yeah. you tell and only one set of hair yeah those are our beards here Hold on. Uh, I can't rub mine. Yeah, Sam can't even rub his because it's just sandpaper. But hey, you know you know what neither of you assholes can do? Oh yeah. Get Uh, that hair. 
Now, Briggs, how much would it cost for you to let me make a wig out of part of your hair? <laughs> you, if you dig into my trash, you can get the, the hair from there. Come I on. don't want <laughs> your hair, Sam. <laughs> it's curly. It's strong. I don't want it. It's nice. <laughs> don't make this weird. I want Briggs's hair. He's going to scalp oh, I'm me sorry. I'm sorry for making it weird. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead and beg for Briggs's hair. Yeah, he's gonna scalp me one night. I just know it. I'm gonna wake just, up. I don't and... need to scalp you. Like you have super long hair. You could have short hair for a little bit. No, I can't. No, you can just. Why don't you? You're just... gonna lose your strength. Like fucking. What's his name? You can just Samson. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you can just suck his hair out of the drain. Yeah, yeah, there you go. go. I'll, you know what? I do got to clean my bathroom when I get done, so I'll salt burn some hair out of my bath drain. Nice, and bring it over. It's a great way to clog a dra- to unclog a drain. Actually, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you just go down on your hands and knees and just suck the drain dry. Just. <laughs> You know, so, so my wife did help me uh, like shave my head, uh-huh. and when uh, she sent a picture to my mother-in-law, uh, her mom, and she immediately called us and was like, well, Delilah, why did you shave off Samson's hair? <laughs> did you know that's his power and strength? <laughs> I thought you were going to say like that she instantly called the police. <laughs> nah, she wouldn't uh. do that. Then uh, um, Paul Rubens, like, there's a shot at one point where Pee Wee, uh, he's hanging out with a really nice waitress, and she's talking about how abusive her boyfriend is. They're hanging out in the mouth of a display T Rex, which yeah. is like, if you go out to California, there are these really cool random like statues, often made out of painted metal of like dinosaurs. A, a lot of like little weird roadside attractions that you just like stumble across. Apparently, exactly, Tim and it's like Burton, you come in. Yep. Apparently, Tim Burton really wanted to shoot there. That's really like, cool. That was then. his idea. <laughs> that feels like something there. you would do. Like, hey guys, I passed this thing on the road, and I really want to shoot here. <laughs> no, and I love that very much. Like, I love though. My favorite thing about this is just the shot composition where they're inside the mouth, and it's shot from behind them, looking yeah. outside the, oh, the mouth. Teeth as yeah. the sun rises. That oh, was yeah. really cool. No, and like Tim Burton's like still like trying to prove himself as a director, and he's like, it's very stylized, but not too overstated. Which is good because the movie itself can't be like more stylistic than Pee Wee himself. You know, it can't overstage Pee Wee. Yeah. And uh, you got these really cool dream sequences with like where later on the dinosaurs come back as claymation and yeah. like, eat his bicycle. <laughs> uh, yeah. He's got like weird like dream sequences like that. And as well as uh, his bikes going down a weird hallway uh, by doctors or like clown doctors or something. Oh, yeah. Weird. Cl- oh, the clown doctors. Man. <laughs> talking about kinder trauma right <laughs> i know right so there this one it's it's funny like there's like much like bo's afraid you know there's just like a whole bunch of like he runs into these colorful characters well, this all the is way a, through yeah this is a picaresque like a uh, candide so i gotta you know oh, i gotta, yeah, I gotta very ask candide, very pippin who who is y'all's favorite encounter that he has throughout this movie because for me my personal favorite is the convict on the run? I was going to say that's an amazing. First. That's a great one. <laughs> they're, uh, they're, 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 that scene is so amazing because you really don't know the convicts like if he likes Pee Wee or not or like what's going on because like he's it's like let's listen to the radio and then it's like there's a convict on the run and he's like uh, no ra- we don't need the radio. <laughs> like, I'm thinking that was Jimmy Smith's. Yeah, it looks like him, but it's actually uh, Judd Owen who was Jameis in the original David Lynch Dune. Oh, hmm. Okay, David Lynch Dune. It's a who's who's Jameis in the Denis Villeneuve Dune? Uh, he's the guy that Paul stabs 
It's oh, the, she's the Fremen. Dude. Oh, and May the knife na- fight. Yeah. Yeah. Knife fight. Yeah. May your knife chip and break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, he was like, oh, what'd you do? Oh, I ripped a tag off a mattress, <laughs> but it's Which, like, they have like a manhunt out for it. <laughs> I know. I think that that's his way of saying like, he still thinks that that tag, that that mattress was, that that little kid was a mattress and he still thinks that that tag, <laughs> that, 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 that kid's tongue was a tag. No, 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 no. no. He, he did it to a salt burn house mattress. <laughs> oh yeah. I was in a rich people's house. It was alarmed. oh no no but i love though they come up to the roadblock and uh they uh this one he uses the disguise kit yeah Yeah. disguise himself as a woman yeah his his tiny disguise kit which uh, you know like you make you think oh it's gonna be like a must a fake mustache no it's a whole bunch of stuff it's like dresses wigs yeah, and the cops make him get out and pose for them. And it's yeah, because they're like, horrifying. I just wanted to get a better look at that pretty little outfit. God. And he's oh. like, hmm. And then he says his one of his catchphrases, uh, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, he does say that. Just just such a horrifying scene. <laughs> yeah, no, and like, they they could have played this up more, but you get the vibe that when the convict sees Pee-wee dressed up as a woman, it's like, oh, it's been so long. I'm going to fuck this man. I'm going to fuck Pee-wee. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's pull over to the motel and you turn me into Swiss cheese. Oh, he's <laughs> into it. Damn. <laughs> uh, it's not as fun if you're into it, Pee-wee. You got to get out of here. <laughs> I think my favorite interaction that he has, though, is with the the hobo on the boxcar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like he, he finally meets his match of annoyance. Oh, God. Yeah. This is what I been doing to people before oh i know yeah he, he literally is they, like, like keeps singing and singing and singing dumb boxcar like hobo songs until he eventually jumps off and he leaves yeah. all his stuff behind too i know yeah. Wee leaves behind his precious precious bindle <laughs> now do they make hipster bindles can i get like a bindle on amazon you think let's see Okay, I'll look it up. I guess the whole point of a bindle is that you make it yourself out of like a bandana. Which, of course, you mean if it, so, if a hipster bindle is available. Of yeah, a hipster course bindle you're... needs to be um, what do you call it? Um, bespoke. Oh, you know, and it's, it's made to only act as a bindle. Exactly. And it's got like a pad so you can hold it comfortably on your shoulder. It's probably mass manufactured. Yeah, well, it's bespoke. Well, while, <laughs> while Briggs looks that up, uh, did I tell you guys about how apparently? Uh, Tim Burton turned down After Hours to do this movie? Yeah, no, I I told you that, you motherfucker. Oh, you, you did? Oh. <laughs> I was just about to say, I feel like I remember After Hours coming up. Oh, you're lucky okay. I don't want to stand up and grab my gun. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm holding I wasn't your... so lazy, you'd be fucking dead. But uh, I mean, you gotta take it from my sorry. hands to use it, though. So I'm holding your gun. Do you guys remember how Chris told us about how After Hours was a movie that Tim Burton turned down? Yeah, this movie. Well, he he didn't turn it down specifically to do a Pee Wee. He turned it yeah. down because Martin Scorsese was expressed interest it. in After Hours, and he was like, "I can't stand in the way of Martin Scorsese directing this movie. Like that's insane." So he like he bowed out, and he did Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And it's like After Hours is like very similar to Pee Wee's Big Adventure in some ways. Yeah, they no, both feature a scene of a man child running through the rain, losing his mind, meeting weird people. And, you know, After Hours is very influential on Bo is Afraid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I can totally see it. It does come back and, like, Ari Aster definitely likes Paul Rubens. He likes <laughs> he likes Andy Kaufman. He likes comedy of the discomfort. Uh, you know, he, he does love discomfort, Ari Aster. But, like, there's a shot when the waitress's boyfriend is trying to kill Pee-wee because he's, he thinks that, you know, they're fucking inside of the dinosaur. Oh, yeah, the big Bluto-looking guy. And as he's running through the field towards the train tracks, I was like, this is the exact shot of Joaquin Phoenix running away from those Thai farmers after he poisons one of them. 
<laughs> Wait, what? In the master? Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay, that. Yeah, it is very similar to that Yeah, there's shot. the scene okay. in the master where he's like drinking his weird jet fuel with these like farmers. And they're like, you poisoned him. It's like, no, it's an accident. It's like, no, you poisoned him. And they like start to chase him and he just runs through the field. So it's a good movie. So you cannot get a bindle on Amazon, thank God. We haven't reached that point of depravity yet. Uh, well, that's good. So but, just, uh, you just got to use my bandana instead. That would be fun if like Hobo Chic became a thing. Hobo Chic. Like we, we start wearing top hats that have like the top blown out. You know? <laughs> I've heard of homeless chic, but I haven't heard of hobo chic. And you have yet. like one shoe where the top is blown off, you know? <laughs> but it's like all on purpose and it costs like eight hundred dollars. And, and and the foot in that shoe is wearing a sock that has the big toe poking out. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say there's that there should also be that for shoes as well, because I've seen that where there's shoes where the big toe pokes out as well. Oh, yeah, you know, God. and like fingerless gloves, you know. Yeah. That aren't but like, like cool eighties fingerless gloves. No, no, yeah, no, like they're torn like torn fingerless exactly. gloves. Yeah, that'll uh, be this is gonna happen. I'm predicting it right now. <laughs> as uh, as homelessness becomes a problem and no one can afford homes, everyone just leans into it. It yep. becomes a statement. Yep. But uh, what was your favorite encounter? So mine was the convict. Sam was the hobo. Uh, Large Marge, of course. Ah, ah, yeah. I was wondering when we get to Large Marge. <laughs> now this is like one of the first jump scares I've ever I ever a, saw. A lot of people <laughs> saw. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. <laughs> This was the worst jumps. No, but like, yeah, Pee Wee gets picked up after hitchhiking, and like, it's a really creepy scene. Like, this is a cool Tim Burton thing that he did where it was like, it, the night is black. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. I think it's all artificial on a set, so he just embraces it and just makes the night like pure black. Like, there's no light at all, which does it does happen out in the desert. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, if black. you're out there sometimes and there's nothing around. Yeah, if there's cloud cover or the star on the stars and like, but yeah, she talks about it's like the worst accident I ever saw. He the truck crashed, and when they pulled his face, his they pulled the body out. He looked like this, and she turns and like this big. It's very wacky, but it's like... yeah, it's a claymation head where her face like you know like <laughs> it's like in UHF where the it's very the scientist UHF. is like I I have to go home to my home planet now. Well, it's been good meeting you. Like yeah, okay. <laughs> that movie is fucking nuts. I love that movie. Yeah, I want to rewatch UHF. That's another movie that's like what's UHF. Oh, it's, oh, it's Weird Al Yankovic's sole directorial movie. Ah. Because uh, nobody liked it, unfortunately. Oh. Even, he even made a comment. It's like, did I run over every critic's dog or something? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's bad, but it's not that bad. There's actually, uh, that just remind me of, uh, apparently this movie was, uh, was panned by Siskel and Ebert. This one was. Pee-wee's Big yeah, Adventure? Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Apparently, uh, now Ebert hadn't seen it at the time. But uh, Siskel, he just assumed it was bad. Well, Siskel had seen it, and Siskel was like, you know, this is the most annoying, immature film he'd seen in a long time. Mm. And it no, got- and like there is there is situations where like comedians try to direct their own movie, and it doesn't always fly. Like Norm Macdonald, not everybody loves Dirty Jobs as much as I do, or Dirty Work as much as I do. I've been meaning to see that movie. I fucking love Dirty Work. What's, I've been wait, getting what's into Dirty Work. Oh, dirty work is when he just like he'll do like horrible things for people, you know, and it's like you know like ruining someone's house. So it's but it's a movie though that Norm Macdonald did. Yeah, he wrote and directed it. Ooh. I've been getting into Norm Macdonald recently. He's Norm Macdonald. I mean, yeah, great. no, it's like obviously that was lo- a lot longer ago, but like yeah, fucking amazing comedian. Another great comedian name we lost in recent memory. No, and like Paul Rubens, you know, this is like it's not just a kids movie. He became a more kid friendly character in his TV version. Yeah. yeah. 
And like, so this is still a little bit darker. It's like, is it PG thirteen or PG? Um, it's got to be PG. I don't, it, yeah, I but can't PG, imagine it's PG thirteen. But PG was like much wider umbrella back then. They were yeah. they were a lot more lenient with PG back then. I mean, like this I'm, was PG. Okay, cool. Yeah, because because PG thirteen didn't happen until Temple of Doom, which was the year before this. So yeah, wow. mm-hmm. P- Temple of Doom should not be PG thirteen if they rip an actual guy's heart out. But it is, and thank God for what a well, good that's, movie. That's why that's why I got into such like like debate over it because it's like, well, he ripped his heart out, but there's no like, you know, not a lot of blood or nudity in this movie or swears. Yeah. So it's okay, we'll create this child slavery and yeah, monkey brains, <laughs> monkey brain, shield, monkey brains, snake surprise. What's the surprise? <laughs> Snakes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. uh yeah, I could I could see though some merit for uh, maybe a PG thirteen, you know, like with Large Marge. And yeah, some no, of that I don't. Suggestive no. humor, it did, that but that like, that jump scare did scare the shit out of me as a little kid. Yeah, that. It's I mean, even today, scary. I can see like how that'd be like pretty horrifying. No, if you're not expecting it, it's terrifying, and it's like. But we get some great stuff in here. We get some uh, Godzilla references, which is funny. Like before, they were super litigious. Yeah, apparently. So like this whole uh, so like the final thing is like him like being chased by the Warner Brothers security across this back lot. And apparently this is uh, the first time that Warner Brothers had used their back lot as like uh, a scene for a movie since Blazing Saddles. Oh, wow. Which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. I know. So so Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are still just living up in that water tower, huh? Yeah. They're still living up there. But but yeah, uh, apparently that he just decided that Warner Brothers Studio was totally cool with doing this because they were like, oh, that'd, that'd be fun. And Saves Pee Wee Herman apparently wanted to, wanted to top the Blazing Saddles uh, fourth wall break final yep. fight. Oh, <laughs> they nice. Cer- they certainly did. They go through uh, a Godzilla movie, a beach party movie, a Christmas movie. Tarzan, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And like it's great because they're dragging like the beach bods into the snow area. You know, it's like it's really funny. There's a scene where he runs into uh, uh, the, the only uh, actor cameo from the TV show, by the way. Uh, the actor who plays John B. the Genie is uh the guy in the big red night suit <laughs> okay which is also a, an on loan redesign of a of crawl armor by the way chris i was oh, gonna cool. say it looks very crawl it's from crawl <laughs> anyway but like yeah we need to do we need to do a ripoff of star wars it's like we got you <laughs> we, we could just use this leftover ripoff of Star Wars stuff. <laughs> it's like I'm Zack Snyder, <laughs> Rebel Moon. But uh, and, and it all ends in this the, him trying to save like pets from a burning pet store that's randomly on fire. Yeah, which makes them forgive all of his other domestic terrorism. <laughs> it's a great scene where he goes in and lets the monkey loose, and then the monkey starts helping him. And it's like he just keeps looking at this like tank full of snakes, and he's like, I don't want to grab the snakes. And finally he does, and he runs out <laughs> with like two bouquets of snakes and just like passes out immediately. Well, apparently he wasn't acting for that one. He really legitimately was afraid of holding those snakes. Oh, yeah. Who, would be, who wouldn't be? I yeah, wouldn't, I wouldn't do wouldn't that. Be. I can't think of that many people who would hold up two bouquets of snakes and be cool. Oh, fuck that. Walking I'd do it. Phoenix. Walking Phoenix for sure. Hey, you know what? You know what? I just realized we glossed over. We what? glossed over that moment when Pee Wee stepped into one of our favorite movies we reviewed last year, and he goes into the bar, the biker bar from the, the ninth configuration. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where he, like dances to tequila. Yeah, yeah. he makes he, he makes friends with them by dancing in a pair of go-go boots. That was fun. No, and yeah. I love. And apparently, uh, 
uh, Cassandra Peterson, Elvira, makes a cameo in that scene. Yeah, oh, she's that's the right. chick. She yeah, was. my God. Wow, she looked different. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> she, always looks, she always looks jarringly different outside of her makeup because she's a redhead. Yeah. It's funny since there's a Elvira picture hanging in the background during the breakfast scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's. Yeah, I'm sure they were like, they probably were both doing the talk show scene here and there together. Oh, yeah. probably. Yeah. They're, they're personalities, man. That's yeah. true. That's true. You got you got Elvira sending up the the old uh, horror movie host trope, and yeah, there's Pee-wee there's another the character host. that like tries to you know that made her own movies and everything, and tried to like kind of more break out into the main, mainstream. I know that mm-hmm. Elvira had two movies. Did she ever have a third one? That's like yeah, I don't think she did. But oh, that's a shame. I'll look it up later. We're still waiting. She's still alive. Hey, there we go. Yeah, but um. No, this I'm, movie is interesting. Like you know, like the other two are very fairly similar in like you know concept, but they don't execute it as well as this one. Yeah, uh, this one's perfect because he's like he's off he's off the rails. There's no expectations about what Pee Wee Herman is or what could or could be. Yeah, it's not even like, all he that... could kill all of us at any moment. In this <laughs> it's not even like you know it's not like that crazy of a story. It's like basically that happens and then this happens. Well, like, that's why this it's one very has Candide a... Pippin. It's just like. Uh, unlike Candy or Pippin, he doesn't learn a lesson. He's just like <laughs> he gets rewarded for his terrible deeds. Yeah, I guess he's kind of humble because it's implied that he's finally taking Dottie for a date at the end, and they're gonna watch uh, James Brolin play Pee Wee in the dramatization. <laughs> the dramatization of P W P W Herman's Big Adventure. Want well, to know how James Brolin got that part? How he auditioned for James Bond. Oh, 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 I he do remember he, this. He thought he yeah. was going to play James Bond, and he just... <laughs> it's like, you're playing Pee Wee Herman. What now? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> you know what sucks is like, they didn't even film it. It's like the screen test is what they used. <laughs> and I, I love, too, that Pee Wee's just the hotel concierge. And He's like the... super dubbed. Yeah. 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 Hello, <laughs> hello, Mr. Mr. Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Mr. Herman is here. Yeah. And he's like, he's clearly like fucking up all the takes, so they have to like save it in editing. <laughs> like looking to the camera and like trying to like just like kind of move in at weird moments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, this was this was a fantastic watch. I had a lot of fun with this one. No, like this is definitely like it's a shame that yeah, this is like you're never gonna reach these heights. This is an amazing movie. Uh, Tim Burton is a young director who's really trying hard to show the world what he's capable of, and he did a great job. He does a fantastic job. Like Tim yeah. Burton, like you know, guys, I can totally go on and do Mars Attacks one day. Trust me. You know, like like you know, Tim Burton's like a great director. I just like I don't know. It's like more like you said, his CGI stuff. It's like he's been having troubles with it. Yeah, it takes away from what makes a movie Tim Burton-y to me. Like the tactile like feeling of it. You know, it's like it's well, like his best recent movie was when he did the stop motion fucking Frankenweenie. Oh, that was incredible. Yeah, That's like true. that was like fucking great, man. It's like just I know it's harder, I know it's more expensive, but like, you know, we like it more when you do it that way. And maybe no, Wednesday's not good. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen Wednesday. Yeah, really me I tried to watch it. I'll probably get around to it. It's eventually. really Magic School with Wednesday Adams. Well, I hate Magic fuck. School. I know that, but it's also like the whole point of the Adams family is that they're in the normal world. Yeah, so like, like putting her in Magic School and still trying to make her the weirdo is like really hard. Yeah, it, it basically just turns into like Riverdale. It's literally Riverdale yeah. or Sabrina, where it's Sabrina, where you al- go to Magic School and there's a murder mystery. I was also thinking, um, uh, it's. It's kind of the the, the 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 weird girl in Harry Potter who sees the the, the, the Luna, Luna Lovegood. Yeah, yeah, it's like Luna Lovegood, except yeah. you know, less uh, less less joyous and happy and more just weird. 
Growing up, I hated school, and I hate when fiction makes me like, Go to oh, school. we're studying for our exams. It's like, fuck off. I don't care. I haven't seen Big Eyes yet, but I think the last like good live-action Tim Burton movie I saw was probably Big Fish. Hey, what about Sweeney Todd, yo? Nope. You don't like Sweeney Todd? Nope. I never. That's another one I still have never seen. Broadway musical is your, better. Watch it with your lady. It's a musical. It's fun. Ooh, watch the good idea. Watch the better. Watch the Broadway recording of you know the musical. If you could find Todd. the George Hearn one with Neil Patrick Harris, that's really good. That's way better. My takeaway from this is that Sam really wants me to watch the movie version from Tim Burton. Yep. So. No, I Let's don't. Do it. Yep. <laughs> no, I don't. He really, really wants don't. me to watch Mars Attacks. No. Yeah, it's a, he wants us to do it. No, he wants us to do a, a new <laughs> triptych of if Sweeney you had Todd. To describe Mars Attacks <laughs> in one word. How would you describe it shit ah! you said our word of the day <laughs> i'm amazed it took you this long to say that <laughs> we thought we thought it would be we thought it would be happening much more <laughs> what that's our word of the day shit ah! wait do we have to scream if you like you say it as an example say what <laughs> So what's your rating for <laughs> Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Ten out of ten, bros. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ten out of ten on this. F- fuck it. It, it. This was fantastic. I had a great time with it, and yeah, I, I <laughs> wish the others were anywhere close to as good as this one. Well, I'm gonna go uh, eight out of ten. Wow. Uh, it's I can't imagine what you're gonna give the next ones. <laughs> oh, you'll see. <laughs> but uh, no, but like I really did like really love this movie like it's really enjoyable it's really colorful it's really fun uh you know it's uh it's yeah it, it's just not as good to, compared to like maybe other tim burton movies later on and it's not like, like it's a good first effort it's a good experience if i'm going to be really pretentious well it's uh, very you know? shaggy which i like about it yeah I, I like that it's shaggy and like strange and there's not really much of a plot going on I mean, there's more of a plot going on with this one than no, the other I know, two. I was going to say, like, <laughs> just... explain the plot of the next one. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, you'll hear my synopsis <laughs> coming up next. <laughs> Big Top Pee-wee. Pee-wee Herman, farmer and mad scientist, has lived alone with his horde of animal friends, some of which that might talk. Ignoring the local geriatric Dust Bowl Depression era reenactment town, but when the circus crashes to town and no one wants to watch, it becomes a damp powder keg in a leaking linen closet ready to mold over. After love triangles, drunks, and magic cocktail weenies, something happens after all the old people are turned into children and the movie ends on a note. <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess it does. <laughs> I mean, there is a musical number. There's, yeah. a, there's at least one. Yeah, there's one, maybe two musical numbers. Yeah. So this this movie was like deep in my subconscious <laughs> as a child, and like like I said, I just didn't really know the difference between Big Top Peewee and Peewee's Big Adventure. I thought it was all just one big fuck off adventure, and eventually he just settles down into his playhouse. Hmm. And so watching it now, I was like, he says he has a degree in fucking agri- agricultural science. Does Did he, he go to college? Does he, though? Is it more like, you know... Uh, he's talking to his pig. Is it like Saul Goodman and he's got like an online, you know, degree from the University of uh Okay, even still, American why Samoa would you get an agricultural... 
(laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, and he's growing a hot dog tree, which seems to be his big thing right now. He's growing a couple things. There's the hot dog tree. I think there was, like, some kind of, like, weird, like, peach tree or something. Uh, Like, mostly he's just growing weird things that grow fast. Yeah, and... um. So because he's like kind of desexualized in the first movie and like, you know, he's like shrugging off the girl. In this one, he's very sexually aggressive. Yeah, like, like he's, he's even a horn dog. Like, Holy shit. Like the movie even opens up with him being a horn dog as he's like a famous singer being chased by all the ladies. Yeah, no, and it's like <laughs> he's Did, got a girlfriend named I thought she was a fiance. Winnie. Yeah, his fiance Winnie. And uh he's going to eat lunch with her and he's trying to fuck her like right there. Yep. In with the, the meadow. With the kids the watching. Yeah, with the kids watching. And he's like, why don't you take a picture to last longer? And they all pull out their cameras. I want you to see what's about to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then the and then the kids go away and then his talking pig friend Vance teaches the kids how to mud wrestle. The yeah, talking which is pretty disturbing. Is, the talking pig is still very, very unsettling. The pig yeah, the pig talking was really jarring because for a while the pig doesn't talk. And then it comes in, and he's in the green dust. It's like, hey, Pee-wee! And, like, at first I thought for certain it was Paul Rubens, like, doing <laughs> the voice. And, like, literally, like, it, as in the character, like, ventriloquizing, puppeteering the pig. Yeah, like, like it's some kind of, like, you know, like a Wilson situation. He's... Yeah, because you never see the pig talk, like, separate from Pee-wee. Pee-wee's always around when the pig is talking. Yeah. It turned out it was a different voice actor. Yeah, it's uh, Wayne White, uh, the uh, production designer of the Pee-wee show. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is insane. <laughs> and then, um, so this, we go into real Fellini fucking Werner Herzog territory when a circus lands on Pee-wee's farm. During a storm. During yeah. a storm. And yeah, they do a whole twister scene where he and all of his animals well, go and hide in the Well, even before this, well, even, even before this, I feel like it's, uh, not- it's something to touch on. Like, you know, he's not the best person in the first movie. He's a fucking asshole in yeah. this one. Yeah. And so like the whole first like act of this movie is him, or at least the first half of the first act, is him going around town being just an obnoxious fucking prick to everyone but they also fucking hate him for yeah. no reason though they're, yeah they're also very they're also hostile old fucking him. curmudgeons the town is just like this weird like wild west depression era town full of old people like there's nobody the only person his age is winnie and then below that are the kids in the orphanage or whatever it is maybe they're stuck in purgatory since it feels like no one ages maybe we died long ago yeah what if this is all purgatory you know uh but peewee's on the edge of hell it and, does have a Twilight Zone ending. And the circus just dumps into his like portion of hell. The circus is a way of saying it's almost like uh 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 who's the uh the character that ferries people across the river of the Of the River of Sticks. River uh, Sticks. Uh, that's, uh, is, isn't that death? Or, in some iterations it's the death. ferryman. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's just the ferryman. I think Charon, na- that's his name. Yeah. Or Charon, Charon. Yeah. So Carl. Here comes some questionable <laughs> casting because like a circus lands and there are all these eccentric characters and the leader of the circus is of course played by country music singer Chris Christopherson. <laughs> That's why. What the as fuck? As Mace Montana. <sighs> yeah. Who is, despite his costume design, is not based on Indiana Jones. Is based on a Charlton Heston character from uh, his from the sh- from the movie Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah, which was really confusing, and I still don't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm 
I'm unconvinced. <sighs> and uh, uh, this whole fucking circus thing. Apparently, the, the, the idea that he wanted to do a circus movie is what made Warner Brothers say, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so see, see, that doesn't really make sense to me because, I, I mean, like, Pee Wee Herman is such a wacky, eccentric character. You would think dropping this character into a circus environment would be fucking gold. Well, the uh, the, the concern of the producers at Warner Brothers was that it would take too long to train animals and have Pee Wee like learn to train animals. Hmm. Now uh, this is that's the weird thing is like because this movie has no arc. The arc is like at first, you know, nothing is happening, and then. The circus comes and they're like, "Oh, Pee Wee, we need to figure out what you're gonna do in the circus." Like, who fucking cares? Because like, <laughs> who cares? Because they land and it's like Mace Montana has you know the classic circus uh, circus leaders uh, writer's block. You know, yeah. He's like, "I need a good idea, Pee Wee." You know, like like what like what you got with this here hot dog tree, <laughs> which is like. Not the actual dialogue, but it's pretty fucking close. I'm gonna pull out some choice quotes. Okay. But um, yeah. So Chris Christopherson decides, like, hey, we'll do a farm circus, <sighs> and the townies come in with torches and pitchforks, literal torches and pitchforks. Yeah, and they're literal. like, you ain't gonna do ain't no kind of circus here, which is like a weird angle. Because, like, why do they hate the circus so much? And it's like, why do they care if Pee-wee is so far out of town, too, on his own property? Yeah, like, he's literally miles away from them. And uh, just this whole it would have been better if maybe there was some angle where it's like what, they want him to sell the farm, you know, so that they could finally get, like, a land development deal, like a, a road could come through or something. This whole fucking movie is just, it's so much nothing. Like, you know, the idea of Pee-wee Herman in a circus sounds so good, and it's they make it so boring. Yeah, and so he falls in love with a trapeze artist, you know, and like by the name of Gina. By the name of Gina, who's the hot chick from Hot Shots. Yeah, Gina Poopa Pop Piccola Gina, who's also an acrobat with her acrobat brothers, and also the acro and her dad was an acrobat and had a silly suit. Yeah, and like, and he died doing a thing. Pee-wee, like, makes out with her in a very sexy scene by a river. By a waterfall. By a waterfall. And when Winnie sees it, she's, like, of course, obviously upset. But then she bangs all three of that chick's brothers. So all five of all them. All five of them. Because so. there's a ring on each finger when they propose to her. Oh, okay. So there's five brothers that she bangs. So she gets her revenge, I guess. Yeah. And it becomes a weird polyamorous relationship. Hey, it's not weird. That one is. That's not <laughs> yeah. weird. It's not weird because it's polyamorous. <laughs> Just let them be. That's but that one is weird. <laughs> and their routine is apparently showing off that they're all banging. <laughs> like in the circus performance at the end, she's like, I chose to bang all five. Oh, this, it, this movie is very horny because even there's a hippo who falls in love with the pig. And like, oh, God, the pig yeah. is like, oh, no. I got to go, Pee Wee. Ah, ah. With yeah. the eight pigs is that hippo kept eating them. I love though. I love though that. Uh, that so you got. Uh, I forget the actress's name, but you got the grandma from Happy Gilmore is one of the bitchy, awful town folk. Oh yeah. And uh, when they're spying on the circus, uh, the hippo comes out and charges after them. <laughs> and let's not forget the uh, acting movie debut of Benicio del Toro. Ah yes, as what the dog boy or something. Yeah, he's the, the dog. Man. The dog man who's like. 
Yeah, it's so freaky because he's got like just some hair on his face. Yeah, and he's like he's got some fangs. I think. It's yeah, kinda, it's I forgot Benito del Toro. It's it's kind of like what uh like what werewolves were before the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Like, have you ever seen uh the pre Wolfman movie from Universal, Werewolf of London? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's it kind of reminds me of that where it's like just like put some shit on his face. Yeah, and, and like some mild fangs. <laughs> Before you start yeah. doing puppets, yeah, I exactly. forgot Benito del Toro's in this. Yeah, and like, it's or a no, weird no, like dissolve. Yeah, and so it's almost an analogy of like you know racism, yeah. where they're like going into town and it's like we won't serve your kind. It's like what circus folk? <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess like you, you they don't. Like, they literally won't serve. Yeah, them. No. they literally won't sell them groceries. No, yeah, I know. No, I remember. They're also kind of like vaguely uh, like Romani or Greek. It just re- yeah. it just goes towards reminding me of another much better movie, Todd Browning's Freaks. Or, speaking of Todd Browning's Freaks, the American Horror Story Freaks season. Which borrowed a lot from Freaks. Yep. <laughs> no, which, uh, you know. There's some weird, like, fantastical <laughs> parts of his crew, though. Because, I mean, like... You have the you wife. Know, you got the dog. You got a dog man. You got some, like, you know, you got, a si- you got Siamese twins or conjoint twins. But then you also got the wife who's, like... The size Super of a tiny, finger. which is amazing. Like yeah. that's scientifically amazing. There's a mermaid. There's an actual mermaid. And then you've also got. Uh, uh, is it transphobic? It's say? super transphobic, okay, yeah. but yeah, it's a it's a person who is literally like half woman, half man, and they like they call it you know the H word. Yeah. It's uh, like ooh, look at this. It's a it's like it's like two face, but it's a male and woman and another character pulled from freaks. Yep, it's and a, they, um, it's bad. That's kind of a funny joke where it's like the freak show, and then the last exhibit is just Pee Wee sitting in a chair. Yeah, <laughs> is it funny? It's very funny to me. <laughs> I, I watched sounds like okay. It's like oh, there he is. I mean, it would have been funnier if they just cut away instead of being like, "Now you need to do something, Pee Wee." It's like, why? That why be, are we doing a circus? That would be funny. Yeah, no, if it was just him in the chair, it's like, and the most horrifying exhibit of all. This guy. This guy. And then and then they're like, Pee Wee, you, you, you can't just sit there and say you're a freak. It's like, but I wanna. <laughs> now, and like, this is an ending, though, where it's just like, I literally, it's like a hallucination because like, Pee Wee is happy because he's banging the hot trapeze artist lady. Now, he literally is like super happy after fucking. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you guys saw 500 Days of Summer when he looks in the reflection and Han Solo is there. Yeah, I saw it in theaters with you. I'm, I'm talking to the audience. Oh. He could also. You be said talking guys to me. like us. He also taught. He's also talking to me because I've never seen it. Yeah, and just like the general. I'm in. A, I'm talking to a microphone. So. <laughs> you and your audience. Yeah, no. It's like it, he wants to interact with the people listening. I know. It's like there's nobody there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> just, like, just like nobody saw Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, uh, so nobody certainly did. Yeah, Twenty no, this... million dollar budget, fifteen okay, but yeah. million dollar so gross. He's banging the trapeze artist, and then he finds out that his hot dogs are coming off the tree really small for some reason. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for what? His balls are finally empty. Yes. Mm. And like, <laughs> so they're gonna do a circus, but all the townspeople are really mad. So what does he do? He poisons them with <laughs> tiny hot dogs, and they turn into actual fucking children, like the end of that Steven Spielberg Twilight Zone movie segment. Oh, that's right, the what? kick the can segment. Yeah, did you ever see Twilight Zone the movie? No. Uh, well, ever... well, at least not that part. Okay. Well, there's a. <laughs> 
all these old people are playing kick the can. They realize that when they play kick the can with this magical old African-American fellow, then they turn into kids again. And one of them is like, I'm going to stay a kid. Bye. What? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And Don't Spielberg did the movie version. Let me guess. You only saw the John Landis part. Is that the... Uh... Where he kills a man with a helicopter. No, I watched... two children. No, I, jo- I watched the John Lithgow part. Oh, okay. All right. That's yeah, the, that's the, that's the Max... Not that's, Max. That's um, a Nightmare at 30,000 feet. Who did, who did Mad Max? Uh, George Miller. Yeah, that's the George Miller one. Ah, good. Nice. Yeah. Um, you know what, my, you know, Sam mentioning how hard this movie rightfully so flopped, uh, I actually, uh, found out something interesting about the repercussions of that, so, <laughs> so, um, we doing this life echoes throughout eternity, Pee Wee so, uh, so apparently, uh, no, not even throughout life, just literally the following weekend, week after this came out, yep. <laughs> um, so, you know, Pee Wee was initially with Warner Brothers, then moved over to Paramount. Got a three-picture deal with them to do this movie, too. Yep, he signed a contract to develop stuff. Apparently, though, this movie did so poorly, which, by the way, when it came out, it was up against both, or all three, the the three movies it was up against at the, week, at the box office that weekend were Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Coming to America, Oh, wow. And a reissue of Bambi. Yeah, it <laughs> did no chance. Yeah, and so apparently this did so bad that apparently right after it came out, Paramount, de- uh, they terminated the development deal that Paul Rubens had signed with them. And <laughs> the day after the opening weekend was so terrible, they evicted him from his office that they gave him on their back lot. Wow. <laughs> That's how bad this movie did. <laughs> Jeez, like the first day, wow. Yep. Well, like literally. Like the, the following weekend. No, not even the following week. It's like the movie comes out on Friday, Monday. Hey, get the fuck out of here. You suck. <laughs> I want to see that short film about Pee Wee getting evicted from the... <laughs> <laughs> it, it sent him in a depressive spiral that led him all the way from Hollywood, California, down to Sarasota, Florida. Where all Probably. he wanted to do was fucking take a load off (laughs) you guys had to make a big fucking deal about it (laughs) Mm. are you really not allowed to jerk off in a porno theater i don't know and i don't want to know yeah i'm not not going i want to know the etiquette (laughs) why (laughs) they're probably not around anymore they are yeah no you can find we're in florida sam they're still there why what's the point some people are nostalgic sex sells it's probably not even any good stuff I mean, Sam, it's pornography. It doesn't need to yeah. be good. No, it's not. That's not the point. That it needs to be good necessarily. That it <laughs> needs to cater to your needs. It's people fucking on camera. It's the most. You know, it's like yeah. And then what if you're like, oh, need. they're just fucking on camera. Before the internet, what if I want something a little more interesting? Going you know, that's on such here. a fucking privileged <laughs> millennial way of thinking about porn. Damn it's like, straight if it I is. don't have a search bar that caters to my fucking fetishes. Yeah, <laughs> boomer. I'm sorry that you love your big theater, boomer. But you know, you get with the times, boomer. <laughs> we gotta get off Big Top Pee Wee. Get off of his Big Top. His big I, uh, big top. <laughs> I do think of this as a very surrealist Lestrada movie in a lot of ways. It's a misfire. That's putting it lightly. Yeah, it sure. <laughs> There's parts is. that are kind of great, and it's like 
Yeah, I don't know. I think they really thought this was going to do better than it did. I I truly would honestly rank this up there with like Godfather 3 is one of the worst movies we've watched for this podcast. Wow. This is genuinely the worst movie I've watched for this podcast. I'd, I'd go back and watch Godfather 3 again, to be honest, because at okay. least, you yeah. know, shit happens in that movie. This one is just so fucking boring Nothing all the way happens. through. You keep okay. thinking, oh, a circus has come to town, so, so they're going to try and put on a show. Instead, you know, that doesn't happen. Nothing happens. Is this the first time you and I have ganged up on a movie against Chris? I don't think so. I feel oh. like this has happened before. Oh, man. This, feels, this, feeling feel, this feeling feels very familiar. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's just such a rarity that Sam and I see eye to eye against a movie that Chris likes. It's so, true. True. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it like it. I'm just like... I'm like you respect it or something? No. <laughs> uh, well... I give it a... I give it a six out of ten. <laughs> We're gonna go around the rating. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I'm gonna give it probably more so a three out of ten. Uh, I'm in the ballpark of a four out of ten, because you know, like Chris, you do make a point. Yeah. I do. Like I, I, I no, like uh, I am, I am legitimate. I, I do legitimately enjoy a film where, it, like, just kind of like, you know, like, like, like uh. Like like the ninth configuration where there's not really so much of a plot and it's more like a just shit happening. Like a character exploration, you know, like strange experience and strange things happening. Because like I said with the last one, the last one is just kind of like things happen. Although while there's the uh, the thread of the bike to keep everything together, there's no real like harder plot with this one. There's no you don't feel like oh they have to put on the show like. The, the I know, it's like everyone, everyone turns show. into kids at the end, and then, like, yeah. Is that the lesson? We need to all be kids, but, like, why are you banging the trapeze artist? Then? Well, like, so, the show needs to happen because... So here's my thing with it, though. It's like, you know, yeah, the first movie really doesn't have all that much of a plot outside of my bike got stolen, I need to get my bike back, and it's mostly just a bunch of random stuff happening all throughout. Yeah. I get that, but here's the thing things still happen you know and not only do they happen but they're interesting they're charming to an extent like i actually peewee he's not the greatest person in the world at least i don't think he's a fucking asshole in the first movie like the first movie he's still yeah like i'm still invested in watching him i still want to keep watching him do what he does i don't give a fuck about anything he's doing in this movie like, and he's a prick on top of it like i don't care about him yeah all the parts from the first one are here it just doesn't fit no it does not and uh, even this movie didn't want to get made because apparently so get this guys uh the music that was recorded for the last peewee movie yeah they mm-hmm. legally couldn't use it no it's not that it couldn't be legally used it was destroyed Oh, really? Yeah, they couldn't get it back, so they had to re-record new music. Oh, God. Uh, I heard it was like a contractual thing where Danny Elfman couldn't use any of the original theme. No, it was it, like like some kind of like storage like happen like thing like happened. Storage and, fire or something? No, it wasn't a storage fire. It was just like mishandled and like the the music was like rotted. Oh, brutal! No, Jesus. Yeah. Well, oh, that's a shame. What do you rate this movie? Uh, I said four out of ten. Yeah, okay. and I gave it a three out of ten. All right. Well, you know, before Woke, this movie may have been called Pee-wee's Big Christmas, but instead it's Pee-wee's Big Holiday. You know, I actually thought it was a Christmas movie going into it, so I was surprised. There's a Pee-wee's Christmas special from the show that you can also see on Netflix, which is fun because it has, um, what's the lady from 
Live and Let Die. Jane Seymour? No. Grace Grace Jones. Oh, Grace Jones. That's Grace not Jones. Live and oh, Let wait. Die. That's, oh, that's a view to a kill. Jones. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> but I, I did, one, one, one more thing, one more thing before we go. I, I, I didn't think that it was going to be a, a holiday, like, you know, Christmas thing, because... I mean, the poster is him holding a suitcase. It's like, oh, I never wa- looked at the poster. You never heard of the, the UK term going on a holiday? I don't care. Or taking holiday time off? Come to my family's house for holiday. <laughs> they literally drive on the opposite side of the road and their cars look weird. Why would I care what they call vacation? Yeah, they call cigarettes bad words. They get <laughs> salt burned over there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to go ahead and start talking about a holiday? Going on a holiday. Going on a holiday. Hey, what you say? Going on a holiday. Pee Wee's big holiday. Pee Wee Herman, real life SpongeBob SquarePants, has never left his town of Fairville, allegedly, according to his witness protection documents for his crimes. But when Joe the Man in Yellow comes to town with his offerings of a old-time barrel and birthdays, the whimsical rascal can't help but take his crime spree back on the road. After screaming his way through salesmen, snakes, daughters, thieves, the Amish, pilots, and whatever, he makes it to the party where the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah i had i hadn't seen anything from this movie um like i said this was the this was the time in netflix where like everybody was getting a netflix movie like there was a very murray christmas you know and it's like oh yeah and they had a kind of cheap vibe to them for the most part yeah they did where they feel very made for tv almost this one is particularly made for tv movie looking yeah no and like it's not that bad it does open with a very questionable scene, which is Pee Wee and a Mac and Me slash ET puppet, and like I'm gonna, that's called clear, Yule that's, or something. That's clearly Paul Rudd. Okay, it's clearly Paul Rudd. No, and like I, I, I don't know if they're purposely trying to make it bad or awful or nightmarish, but it's got this weird voice like, "Come with me, Pee Wee." Pretty sure Mystery Science Theater three thousand the return was after this movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Which is also Netflix. <laughs> okay, so yeah, then the Mac and Me thing wouldn't work. Because no, I it would was... still be a Mac and Me reference that's still a movie that yeah, existed. Mac and yeah, the but I mean like what who would give a shit about fucking Mac and Me? Paul Rudd. Yeah. Oh god. Have you watched a single Conan episode when he's on as a guest? But but wait, was Paul Rudd involved in making this movie? No. No, he wasn't. I'm making a joke because okay, Paul so Rudd. No, I know of the Paul Rudd joke. It's the best <laughs> bit on uh anytime he's on. Yeah. I love it. I love how he gets upset it's like that movie's from Mac and Me. You've been putting this joke on me for twenty fucking years and you won't stop. If you listen to his podcast, he does it in audio version several times. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like like literally had a whole fucking fake about how he was working on a podcast and then he just played the audio from it <laughs> just but, like um, fuck i can't believe you did that uh but um yeah, yeah so, so this alien and it's a weird dream where he's like come with me peewee to my planet and peewee's like i can't leave home and then he wakes up and it's it was, it was a weird fucking dream or maybe a flashback. No, I think it's supposed to be it's it's like the other two movies. It's a dream sequence. I don't know. Pee Wee's pretty fucking weird. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a flashback actually. Yeah, if this actually <laughs> happened. But... So like in the previous two, like 
Actually, there is like apparently uh, Paul Rubens did like try and like tie these three movies together. Like apparently that the dream sequence in Big Top was actually what he did after the premiere of the Pee Wee Herman movie in Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Hmm. And oh, he so became he did a become, singer. We and, joked about how he got sick of the fame. Exactly. So he became a singer, became a jerk, left and started a farm. And then after that, then he went back to town and he like, you know, like started his life back over. And eventually so why befriended he, an alien. Why does he pretend that he's never left town then? Uh, maybe he has it. Maybe that's a farm outside of town. He went to California. Oh right, and Texas, and all these fucking places. Look, I'm just saying, like he tried. Okay, where's Um, my gun? (laughs) I'm still holding it. You and your gun, Jesus! (laughs) I'm still holding it, pointed at you. Now, speaking of movies, when it comes to Paul Rubens, Mm -hmm. uh, he actually did have two other movies he was writing up uh, that were in development for a Pee Wee Return film. One of them is Pee Wee Goes to Washington, and then the other one is The Trial of Pee Wee Herman. Where he was finally going to be put on trial for his various crimes. <laughs> uh, they were so he had two films. One was actually going to be uh, an in betweenkle about uh, him becoming a big singer and a big jerk. That was going to be called the Pee Wee Herman story, which was going to be like a parody of like behind the music and a mockumentary. Oh, that could have been good. And then the other one was actually going to be a show based movie where he uh, finally goes into Puppet Land. Uh, to find the puppet band who get lost in puppet land and it's like this weird like mirror mask narnia thing hmm. but uh then he but then he talked to judd apatow and judd apatow said scrap them both those are, <laughs> those are too funny and creative i'm i'm judd apatow you know it'd be great if, if peewee's just a guy who needs to grow up that's how it's kind of how he talks but <laughs> J- judd that sounds like every movie you've ever made yeah yep. What if Pee-wee was a 40-year-old virgin? No, Judd, you already did that. What if Pee-wee got somebody knocked up? You already did that, Judd. Good news, Pee-wee. This is 40. Judd, you did that again. Funny people. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> funny people. Not funny. I don't con- I'm not convinced they're people. No, I, I'm not convinced they're people at all. Very reptilian. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Banna is a very reptilian person. <laughs> if anybody's a reptile, it's Eric Banna. And, uh, I, I don't even know what the point of this, with the joke of this movie being like, you know, him. Like, like the point of this movie is he's going to go to Joe Mangagello's fucking birthday party. Joe Man in Joe Man in Yellow. Yeah, and like the joke is that Joe Man in Yellow is like super masculine, but also really like into weird things like Pee Wee. Now, you know who they were originally going to get, by the way, guys? Not who? Ryan Gosling? Not Ryan Gosling. Aww. Who? Uh, someone who I'm pretty sh- I'm pretty sure, you know, if he said no to this, they should have really just rewrote this whole fucking script. The Rock. Oh, my God. Yeah. It would have been much better if it was The Rock. Yeah. I don't know why you didn't just, like, after The Rock said no. Just go with a different idea. Yeah. Or make a different, get a, get someone more get famous someone than else. Jam- Joe Man in Yellow. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, if it was Ryan Gosling or The Rock, that would have been fucking hilarious. Then the Ryan joke would have worked. Would have been amazing. Like, yeah, because especially Ryan Gosling, you picture him being like, "Wow, I really love you, miniatures, Pee Wee." Who the fuck is Joe Man in Yellow? Like, he's famous for Flash Thompson and Spider Man, uh, <laughs> True I Blood, think, True Blood, or whatever. He literally that is. lists off his entire IMDb filmography in this movie, and, and it still doesn't matter. And like, like he's only had like a couple comical like 
stuff. Like I think like he's in a couple episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Where he's like, I thought you said comical. Yeah, he's funny in them. He's like you know, it's like it's 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 kind of like this movie actually. He's it's funny because he's a big manly man who likes silly things like brunch. Yeah, and like the thing he was famous for was being married to Sofia Vergara. Oh yeah, he was married to Sofia Vergara. Something forgot about yeah. He's like if Ben Affleck was more boring. Yeah, <laughs> he is. But yeah, he does get to play Deathstroke a little bit in the Snyder Cut at some point, right? You know who he uh, does? He's all he is in the original. He's in the other one. Jo- Post credit scene as Mr. Wilson. Ugh. You know who, Mr. Wilson. I wish he was Mr. Wilson in you like who, a Dennis, Dennis the, the Menace, Menace remake. You know who would have also been a, a a good choice for like the celebrity that. Uh, they uh he needs to see just because i mean it wouldn't have been like as like kind of subversive you know as like you know seeing the rock or gosling or someone yeah doing this but you know who i feel like would have also had a really fun time doing this and we probably could have gotten some really good stuff out of him is ryan reynolds yes yeah if you got ryan reynolds that'd be fantastic oh yeah get deadpool in there like <laughs> that would be too good and he's busy doing deadpool at this point so yeah, yeah. like it's just so it's such a dumb premise and you get literally nobody famous to make the joke work yeah like no they could have done better with that like oh god i really wish they did that like i, I understand not going and doing the puppet land movie yeah like doing the puppet land movie would have been like impossibly expensive in yeah. fact like paul rubens even talks about how like they were looking they weren't sure how to execute it like either by doing puppets or like doing a cg like whole like sin city kind of thing that could have been cool, actually. Damn. That's what he was talking about. Is do, shit, like, Sam. Uh, that's what he wanted to do, but he was like, that would have been too expensive. That would be hard. Sam. What? I know. It's a, it sounds like a great idea. I I what if we did like not- a Roger Rabbit, but puppets, you know, Muppet, like noir movie? Yeah. Imagine Pee Wee in Sin City. That'd be great. Like that, or the Muppets in Sin City. Like that. Oh was, my God! Yeah. So that was the premise originally, and then they dropped it. And like, if they did the like behind the music kind of mockumentary, that while maybe a little bit dated, like I think that still would have been good. That still would have been good. Well, but, if they did like Walk Hard style, you yeah, know? especially like, uh, yeah, maybe if they did it Walk Hard style, it's like, like Mama, I'm 16 years old. You know, oh, and he's like, like 40. Like, yeah, do the they, like do a, a biopic about Pee Wee Herman. Which would also explain why, like maybe, like for the most of the movie, he could be old because apparently they did a lot of CG de aging with this movie. It's not <laughs> too bad. Which isn't. It's not too bad. It's. I, I can certainly see it. But yeah, Jesus I can Christ. certainly see it because they do just paint him like a ventriloquist dummy for the most part. Get um, out of here, Pee Wee! You don't want any part of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pee Wee doing some cocaine would have been great. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he did. Uh, there, there's there's stuff about how apparently he gets a, a carryover into this movie. He gets addicted to the little barrel candies. Yeah, and that's what makes it's root him, beer barrels. The root beer barrels. He gets like uh, he becomes he becomes really addicted and a real like jerk over it or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they would probably have a scene where he just has a bunch of empty root beer barrels and he just throws into the pile. More than likely. Yeah, that's how you show someone's an alcoholic. They have to have a big pile of bottles. Yeah, you but, saw uh, Mank, right? No, I did not. You didn't see Mank? No. Sam, did you see Mank? No. I can't believe you didn't fucking watch Mank. I'm sorry. It's the movie about the guy who wrote fucking Citizen Kane. Yeah. You may have heard of it. I've been meaning to see it. I have. I've never seen Mank, but you know what I have seen? My gun. Big Give it a top, Big Top <laughs> Pee Wee. <laughs> so big, big Top Pee Wee. Give me back my gun, Briggs. <laughs> like no. Chris. If you weren't holding my gun, I would kill you with it. Give me my gun. <laughs> Dave Fellini. Anyway. <laughs> ah yes, Dave Fellini. 
Federico. This, I am Federico Fellini. Here is my son, Dave. Hi. Uh-huh. <laughs> so this Why movie, are you played by Paul Rubens? <laughs> who said anything about played? <laughs> but uh, so this movie's got some weird bits in it by itself, like the pussy, the faster pussycat kill kill gang. Yeah, he gets caught up in a robbery with like three comedian ladies that featuring are featuring maybe from Arrested. Yeah, Alia Shackwatt, <laughs> Stephanie Beatrice. And um, yeah, and like they're literally dressed like the characters in Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. And Maybie's name is Pee Wee. Yeah, which yeah, is which, does which like really pissed off uh, Sam and my girlfriend because there was another girl named Freckles, and Alia Shackwad <laughs> is like fucking covered in freckles. <laughs> it's like why is why isn't she Freckles? <laughs> maybe so, yeah. Just, so maybe he lost. Maybe she lost a bet and had to trade knives. Yeah. So. To start, it's like, you know, you start with your hero in a period of stagnation. Um, Pee-wee's in a band with, like, these weird high school guys. Yeah. What they, are they called? The uh, the Ramones. So he's in a band <laughs> called <laughs> the Ramones. I wrote, but, and uh, they decide that they're going to kick him out. The Renegades. They're called the Renegades. And they look like they're straight out of Riverdale because they're wearing, like, Archie-style Leatherman jackets with big A's on and them. I, and, and I thought they weren't kicking him out. They were just, like, breaking Yeah, they were they're breaking the band up because yeah. it's like, it's time to grow up, Pee-wee, and give up our dreams. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like, <laughs> I'm in software development. I'm a crypto bro. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the same thing. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> not, not the way that I do it. <laughs> My, yeah. The way I do it, it's more like gambling. There was a there was a funny bit like he's so he's like he's working at a diner as the as their patch as their SpongeBob flipping yep. burgers. But I I love how like the 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 Mr. Krabs owner is played by Richard Ryle. I was yep. just about to bring him up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, because we watched that, I showed them Ari Aster's short film, The Turtle's Head, <laughs> which is about a detective that, while investigating poisoning in the L.A. River, finds that his penis is shrinking. <laughs> Look up the Turtle's Head by Ari Aster. Really great short film. It's on YouTube. It's, it's pretty on, fantastic. It's, yeah, uh, Ari Aster definitely loves Paul Rubens. <laughs> to, to quote, um, yeah, to, to quote Michael from uh, from Rest of Development. I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, look, you know, it's like it takes a good artist to make a d- good dick joke. It takes a great artist to make a great dick joke. True. <laughs> No, and yeah, so, so salt, like after so meeting, Burns artist is incredible. Yeah, after meeting Joe Man in Yellow, who's like, "How do you not know who I am?" It's like because you're not that famous. Yeah, but um, <laughs> like, even if I wasn't like a fucking like fucking really out of it man child, I wouldn't know who Matt, Joe Man in Yellow is. Yeah, right. Especially if you're just like this weird hermit, this Pee Wee hermit. Ah, Pee Wee like, hermit. Just, just like, why? Why would you know who the fuck this guy is? No, okay, yeah. Like, so we have a great Rube Goldberg opening where his bed flips him over to the next room, and then he's in his outfit, and he has a balloon that like floats him away. Very Wallace and Gromit. And then he has a tiny little car, and he drives it through a room, and there's two kids, and he just takes a bunch of breakfast, and they like no, he, have a. He drives it into their house. Yeah, there's like a little, a little like divot made for him. And he just grabs breakfast and then he like leaves. It's like a it's horse like, door, you know. And we were like wondering, like, are those his kids? <laughs> <laughs> like, are those his children? That's all. He's like, I'll see you for breakfast every day. And then he just drives through every day and just <laughs> grabs a bunch of breakfast and leaves. Takes a bite of the toast and then throws it all away. <laughs> yeah, fucking, that's what he does. He's a very wasteful monster. Yeah, no, I, I like the steals apples from other people. No, yeah, it's he, his tree. 
It's his tree. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's got like little things set up all over this entire city, blo- uh, this neighborhood. Block. And now he's Rube Goldberg to the whole town, so people are afraid to move because <laughs> there might be like a fucking jigsaw trap waiting for them. <laughs> it's just like what's going on in our mansion. It's like we- we've stopped the contraption, but any movement could get the next ball rolling. Yeah. No, we kind of barricaded the door. <laughs> I don't like to refer to the opening sketch, but I'm really scared. I have ADD, so I have restless leg syndrome, so I'm terrified right now. Of like bumping something Griggs, you never told me you have restless leg syndrome i do well we gotta start a charity for briggs's restless leg syndrome on indiegogo yes. i have resting leg syndrome <laughs> yeah it's, you... my leg is like a narcoleptic yeah you're a lazy ass is what you are <laughs> <laughs> Not um mank but uh <laughs> <laughs> just manking it um uh he yeah, reads but... a book called scuba cop yeah, scuba. Yeah, so there's a librarian who wants to fuck him, you know, like, like Dottie. Yeah, and um, he's kind of an even bigger prick to her than he was to Dottie. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Stranger's yeah. not a whole lot of like returning actors from the other movies or show. The only one is like Diane Salinger. Who's Diane Salinger? Uh, so she was uh, the the waitress that wanted to go to France in the first oh, movie. Oh, okay. She comes back as she comes back as the weird uh, squirrel suit pilot with oh, the flying car. That makes sense. Oh, wow. I completely She oh, even great. says au revoir, Pee-wee. Before like leaving him to his death. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. We'll get to, we'll get to that scene in a minute. <laughs> but um yeah, so he goes on a picaresque journey and it's like well, he also he he takes Joe blah 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 blah, blah whatever the fuck his name is back Let's to his home. Just call him the Man in Yellow, guys. Yeah, uh, takes him back to his, uh, his love home. shack. Yeah, and he's got the model of the city. Built. Yeah, which is pretty cool. I I love. That's pretty. Which I'm just like we we really miss Tim Burton, so we have this as an homage to Beetlejuice. Mmm, Burtony. What, I wonder what Tim Burton was working on during this movie. You know, because like we we well, know we discovered th- discover it was didn't we decide it was Miss Peregrine's home for peculiar children and yeah, imaginary I think that's friends? What it was. Well, let's see, Family gonna, Fun Park. I'm gonna check. I know that he wasn't able to do the uh, to do Big Top because he was busy getting off of Beetlejuice and starting Batman. Yeah, he was also busy not wanting to do Big Top. I'm sure. <laughs> you don't know that he might have wanted to. You know, I mean, come on, like it got his career off the ground. I mean, you know, when I first heard the premise, I thought, Ugh. but then I read the script, and you know, I. I really hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> I feel like Tim Burton and Paul Rubens must have been hilarious because they're both two very weird Aspergian artists. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> like one is the one that like has no volume, and the other one is the one that doesn't like to talk or interact with people at all. Yeah, so there's like, oh hey, hey there, Tim. Hey, oh hey, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any water? Uh, what? I'd like some water, please. Hey, speak up. <laughs> Like, know, it's like Paul Rubens is very soft spoken in real life. Yeah. It looks like more than likely uh he was in between production on Big Eyes and Miss Peregrine's House of the Log Largs. It's House of Imaginary Friends. Yeah, you're right. My bad. <laughs> I think it's called Loud House actually. It's the Loud House. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But uh yep. Big Eyes. I want to see it. I haven't seen Miss Peregrine's home of I mean, that one's not bad, but, you know, it's silly. Incredibly strange creatures that stopped living and became mixed-up zombies. Yeah. (laughs) What's funny about that one is it's got Slender Men. Yeah. Samuel Jackson's a Slender Man, doesn't it? I know. It's great. And he's (laughs) the line where it's like, I work so hard to make sure you all have fresh eyeballs to eat. (laughs) It's kind of like a... It's kind of like he's the... It's kind of like his villain character in um, Looper. Jumper. Jumper. Pusher. 
Jumper. Jumper? Yeah. Jumper, which is British for jacket. They got it really <laughs> fucked up over on that island, I swear. <laughs> I'm glad we rebelled. I'm glad. I wish I could do it again. Yeah. <laughs> come at us. Yeah, come at us, England. Come I want to fucking... Us. I need a confidence booster. Wasn't there a South Park episode where England strikes back again and they're like sailing over in red coats on wooden ships and then just like a bunch of fight American fighter jets just bomb the shit out of them in the I know, it's like it happens though, and it's like, oh, now's our chance. Yeah, that sounds like a, sounds queen, like a classic South Park. The hit. queen shoots herself when their plan fails. It's like it's like uh it's like that red it's like the, the, the elderly episode uh, where it's the red dawn opening, but instead it's old people like parachuting oh. in and invading. Yeah. <laughs> oh beautiful. But uh, they got yeah, no. moments. He so yeah, Pee Wee sets out on another big adventure to go on holiday. I know, and uh, it's like he tells a story to Joe Man in Yellow, which is that like the only time he ever left town, he suffered massive head trauma and has a plate in his head. So like, so maybe that's why he forgot the other two movies. Yeah, that could be. It. Maybe maybe the the hippo stepped on his head, or yeah, he, maybe or he fell while he was doing the trapeze act. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe his. Maybe he like almost died exactly like her dad did. Oh yeah, you know what? That's more than likely what happened. Oh <laughs> uh, Jesus! So yeah, so he's got a metal plate in his head. Remember like, that it'll like, be important later. It's like a uh, uh, chop top from it's Texas Chainsaw like Massacre. Chop literally chop top. He literally Second is chop top. TCM two reference in one episode. Yay! Yay! No, there's another good Pee Wee, uh, Bill Mosley. Oh a, yeah, especially young Bill Mosley. Would have been perfect, especially considering he and Dot were already together in the Devil's Rejects. <laughs> wow, holy shit. Bill Mosley. Oh no, they they hooked up in, in it, but I mean like they weren't a thing through that movie. I know. Yeah. He doesn't have a thing with anybody. He's oh, a true, yeah. murderer he's a... necrophiliac. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, he's introduced sleeping with a corpse in that movie. That's like, right, yeah. Really happy, like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But yes, this is so off topic, but this is what? <laughs> like I told you, like I have a Thanksgiving poster, and uh-huh. uh, we were shooting at my apartment, and my the camera guy was like, "So is Eli Roth like your guy?" <laughs> and I was like, "Fuck no." <laughs> Why not? Because <laughs> Eli Roth is not my guy. He made one really good movie. If anything, he's my guy. Yeah, if anything, <laughs> yeah. he's more Briggs's guy. But like. But like, yeah, I was like trying to hang out with someone, and like, I want them to think I'm smart and cool. And he was like, "So is Eli Roth your guy?" I was like, "No." <laughs> so, uh, what's your? So this, there's probably like this probably has the most interactions yeah, out so of the three of them. So we, what's your? Yeah, we get some really fun changes. Yeah, scenery. we we go back to kind of the big adventure style where he's just on the road and meets a bunch of colorful characters. All the different locations that we can have while still filming in Canada. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or Atlanta. Yeah, without ever leaving Georgia, mm-hmm. this is all of America that we could see. Because he, he goes on the road, then meets the kill pussy cat, kill kill crew. Faster pussy cat, kill kill. And then he meets uh, Saul Goodman, who is uh, like a, a weird kitschy. It's not actually Saul Goodman, but he, oh, he reminds the tra- me of the traveling salesman who has looks all like the weird Saul stuff. Goodman, don't yeah. you think? But he's got all the weird shit, and then he meets the snake people, and then he goes on a bus, and then he. I don't know. He meets like a farmer and a bunch of his daughters, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, Dukes. so okay, so the snake farm is a pretty brilliant joke." So I actually Where? couldn't remember. I I thought that was in the first movie. I no, completely no, forgot that was yeah, in this. So one. I distinctly remember because it has the guy from uh, the Happening as what well, as the snake like guy. Yeah, so like there's this snake farm and all these. He keeps 
having all these puns where it's like a water moccasin and it's like a moccasin floating in water. Mm-hmm. And what was the other one? Uh, there was a beware dangerous snake, and it's like a it's like this deep like box covered like cage. But you oh, look no, it's down. like baby rattlers, and then you look in and it's baby rattles. Uh, that's <laughs> it. And then they're like, oh, and this is the giant snake. You have to sign a waiver because it's so dangerous. You'll have to sign a waiver. Yeah, and then and, uh, so okay, so this this brings up actually one of one of my gripes of the movie is so one thing that this movie does is it takes has, a maybe a good joke and plays it, it out a little too. Yeah, long. it stretches some of its jokes out. Some of them work, some of them do not work, and I feel like this Ugh. is one of those that just gets so exhausting by the end of it because it's like he's having to sign an initial every line on every page and it just goes on and on and on and fucking on and it's just god damn it i want this joke to be over already there's legit like fred movie like humor in this movie where like a lot of time he'll like scream at his high-pitched voice and it's literally just like stealing from the fred movies no but this was that was hilarious (laughs) yeah fucking wasn't yeah i did like that when he's screaming a whole bunch so like all this okay well you know i was trying to explain how much i like the joke so yeah after all this setup which is really hilarious you think it's going to be another stupid prank and he goes in and there's like a weird (laughs) weird like paper Paper mache mache, like it's like uh really funny and then he turns around there's like a giant fucking you see it you see the silhouette of it come up behind him yeah (laughs) and then it like tries to hit the glass and he just starts screaming like super high pitch like <laughs> fucking hilarious no you know what my favorite interaction is of with, course with the the extended joke is the amish people uh, yes i do yeah, love no, that and they're like they're like he's like what do you do for fun around here and they work like, we work and then he's they're like what do you do for fun and he he pulls out a balloon and like so they just hold on this one shot of him trying to inflate the balloon with his mouth to where it's like super huge and inflated. No, this is honestly like a work of art. Like this scene is like <laughs> Godar. It's and then brilliant. He, then he takes it and just starts slowly deflating the balloon and it's squeaking and making <laughs> fart noises. <laughs> and they just, just doing all these different expressions and like different moves with it. Like <laughs> and they just hold on this shot you for like you could see like the whole town behind him, like slowly leaving the background. And, and like I thought they were walking towards him to kill him, like in Midsummer or something. <laughs> and and it, it just goes on for like two minutes, and it's so fucking funny. And then when it finally deflates, when it's down to the end, it cut finally cuts to the reverse, where you see now instead of just the two guys he was talking with, it's the whole town gathered in front of him, and they start cheering. I know. And then it cuts to everyone in town has a balloon. <laughs> They're like, "Well, thank you, Pee." It's like I wouldn't thank him i would it's like you brought the I devil would, in you, yeah that's clearly the devil's work right there no and there was a, another gag that i almost entirely forgot was that he's hanging out with a farmer who's got like nine daughters no mm-hmm. like oh my god nine mostly fat daughters it's not we it's like, we don't need, that's <laughs> that, not the issue the point is that they're very it's not I'll an t- issue. That's like that. I feel like that's the joke is that they're all fat or something. They're not I'll all t- fat though. Like, like a couple of them are like weird scrawny ones. They're not conventionally attractive daughters. So here's the actual issue: is the introduction of the daughters is another one of these jokes that goes on way too fucking long. But I will say, the idea of having all of these daughters, I d- I did like the joke that comes after it, where like. The, do- the farmer's like, you stay away from my daughters. 
It's like, okay, so Farmer's very protective of his daughters. He's probably going to murder Pee-wee and bury him out on the farm if he makes any moves. So, or turn him into a motel hell chili chuck. Yeah, exactly. Or so... so uh, so Pee-wee, he complies. He's like, okay, no, I'm, I, you don't got to worry about me. So he's in his room, and all the daughters start coming to him one at a time trying to get at him. And I actually did think this was kind of funny. Yeah, wasn't like, one of them under the bed? Yeah, one of them's under mm-hmm. the bed. One of them's and, like outside the tree, and she falls. Yeah, and another hurts one's herself. set up like a small table for them to have like, I don't know, dinner or something together. No, it's pretty great, but it did remind me of that Mr. Show episode where the guy's with the uh, far- staying at the farm, and it's like, whatever you do, don't stick your dick in these three holes. Yep. <laughs> and it's like he sticks his dick in the... Th- it's like the first hole feels really good, the second hole feels even better, and then the third hole like just grabs his dick and it won't let go. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh man, the first hole was my wife, the second hole was my daughter... And the third hole is a milking machine that won't let go until it's sucked out a full gallon. (laughs) Jack Black plays the farmer. Who does? Jack Jack Black Black plays plays the the farmer farmer in that bit. (laughs) And Bob Odenkirk plays the milking machine. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he does. Wait, and so who plays the guy? Is that David David Cross? Cross. (laughs) Don't stick your dick in these three holes. Sorry, I I, I love how in that, that... that episode opens. That that story is told by yeah, a, like a, a Dixiecrat congressman played by Bob Odenkirk. It's like, fellas, if we pass this bill, this bill is basically the milking machine that will suck us dry until it takes every single gallon from us. Yeah, the argument is to not fund the liberal arts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, back to Pee Wee. I think my favorite <laughs> bit. So, yeah, it would have been better if there was a joke about Pee Wee. You know, the, sticking his dick in the wall. I think my favorite bit is uh, meeting the Unabomber, and it turns out to be a bad stand-up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah that the was really, funny. The, the 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 guy who molested young Anya Taylor Joy in Split. Oh yeah, it's the uncle from Split. Yeah, he's also played other dudes, but he's usually like a scary dude. Yeah, he's the friend in Choke. Hmm. But sure. um, yeah, it's the only other Chuck Palahniuk movie besides Fight Club. Oh, interesting. I didn't know Chuck Palahniuk made movies. He didn't make He's the only other movie based on a Chuck Palahniuk novel. Oh, I didn't know Chuck Palahniuk gotcha. wrote novels. <laughs> Some say he doesn't. Oh! oh. But anyway. yeah, no, that, that was really Fight funny. Club. No, but we were also joking about how it also had an X vibe, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, and my joke was a, like a kid, the joke I kept wanting to make is like, well, I'm going to marry you, Pee-wee. <laughs> all these girls love you but i'm gonna marry you you're gonna be their mama no and like finally the next day it's like well they're all pretty taken with you and so like he's just like literally being in a shotgun wedding like the next day and yeah. he has his disguise his disguise outfit so he goes into the bathroom and dresses up as a full cowboy with a like fake legs and a fake horse yeah like an inflated horse around yeah. him. <laughs> and he just walks out as like ma'am it's like see you later cowboy uh, uh, no, and then, and so now, yeah, there's a yeah, one one other joke we kind of glossed over with the faster pussycat girls that I did like was they like tie Pee Wee up in a hotel, you know, because they're gonna steal his car, and um, but they invite a couple of male strippers in, yeah, and they just have a pillow fight. <sighs> yeah. Okay. Oh, wow, the well, farmer is uh, played by the pencil machine operator from Eraserhead. Oh, the hmm. fuck! Interesting. Yeah. Is it what is it? What's his name? Uh, Hal Landon Jr. 
He was the pencil machine operator from Eraserhead? Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's fucking nuts. That's when you learn that's that's like when I learned that like the the lady, the girlfriend in Eraserhead is the log lady. <laughs> oh, wow. oh wow. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the, the girlfriend, the lady who's like, they're not even sure it is a baby. It's like, yeah, that's log lady. Oh shit. That's amazing. And I need also, to go back and rewatch Eraserhead. The guy pulling the levers is production designer Jack Fisk. Hmm. Ah yes. Who's like famous production designer married to Carrie. Sissy spacing. Oh, oh, cool. No, so like, and when the faster pussycat girls eventually come back, like he convinces them to leave some money for the Amish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They're hiding out in the Amish community. Yeah, they steal <laughs> their like, cart and buggy. Yeah, they steal a cart, which is like, man, I feel like there's so many other ways you could have gotten a vehicle and a better vehicle. Yeah, and it's like, but he's like, don't you feel kind of bad because you stole my car? And they're like, they leave a note and they leave a bag of money. It's like, here's enough money to buy a fleet of carts and buggies. And I like to think that they would use that money to finally modernize. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what this means? We don't have to be Amish anymore. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, finally. We could have indoor plumbing. <laughs> uh, and um, But so what really fucks up that subplot, though, is like when they help Pee Wee go to New York... So, you know, Alia Shakwat maybe is also nicknamed Pee-wee and and she's like, "Oh, you know, it's like we're both named Pee-wee and like he kisses her on the mouth." Which is like, "What?" <sighs> yeah, and it's like I literally thought it was going to reveal that she was like his daughter or something. Yeah, like some kind of like Yeah. Or like at least that's the type of relationship, but instead he like kisses her on the mouth and it's like, "Hmm," and he's like proud of himself. Yeah. Like like he's like a little kid who kissed an older girl or something. And I was just like that was weird, Paul Rubens. Yeah, it was. That was a bad move. Was... But then he runs away from them, and they immediately get arrested. Which is also, which is also funny. <laughs> yeah, that part's funny. <laughs> but just, like, again, very Bo is afraid. Just chaos happening in the background. <laughs> I wish a cop so, was like pointing. No, and then he like, like oh, God, did I do this? Did in I the process of trying to get to Joe Manganiello's birthday party, and Joe Manganiello is very sad that he thinks that Pee Wee's not going to get there. And there's yeah, like we a whole, the whole bunch birthday of birthday party thing, and there's like stars apparently at his yeah, party and that he doesn't they give couldn't a shit. hire. Like uh, Elton John was yeah. down there, <laughs> and Pee Wee falls into a well and loses his fucking mind. Like every time <laughs> he strikes a match, he like hallucinates something, and then he sees himself as the devil. <laughs> yeah, right. remember that? Yeah, yeah. Remember that part? That was weird, right? <laughs> Joseph Campbell would have some things to say about that if he wasn't also fucking dead. Yeah, let's see. He sees the Queen and the, the devil. Queen of England. Yeah, the Queen of England. He predicted her death. Oh, God. What? 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 The Queen of England later died. How did he predict it? Because he saw her in the well. And? So clearly she went to hell. So clearly she went to hell for eating all the babies. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you mean, what? What do you mean? What, what, do, what do you mean? What do you mean, what? <laughs> Queen Elizabeth. Yes. She went eats to hell the blood for of children. Babies. Are we not on the same page about that anymore? Uh, I don't even know if I know what book you're reading. It's not a book. It's the internet. She's reptilian. She eats the blood of the innocent. Adrenochrome? Come on. Come on. It's it's literally illegal to lie on the internet. This is all fact, Sam. Sam, you don't have to believe me, but don't act like this is the first time you're hearing this. (laughs) No, I'm just playing a bit. (laughs) <laughs> okay, good. No, you're making me feel. You're, this is genuine gaslighting. You're making me feel like I'm insane. I thought you were doing. No, I thought you were doing a bit. <laughs> I thought you were doing a bit, and thus I was following. Now that's the bit. Ga- now that's gaslighting. <laughs> I was just trying to yes and your joke. That's um. 
That's an A-plus social puppeteering, Sam. <laughs> Thank you. I, I applaud you. Thank you. Are you I salt think, burning me? Yeah, I was about to say, I think you should be wary of inviting him to your summer yeah, home. Yeah, no, dude. I mean, we've known each other for like so long, and I still haven't gone to your summer home. I know, it's a long... Co- yeah, I don't want you to fucking salt burn me. You can invite me. I'm not going to go, yeah, but you can invite me. me. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just turn you down. Yeah, come on, man. No. Bring it on. No, uh, make me. Thank you. <laughs> See, yeah, Briggs, feel- is, Briggs is real. I yeah. feel like after the well, the movie just kind of like, you know... Comes to a dead halt. Well, yeah, okay, so then, happens. Like, so then there's a classic example of writing, which is a lot of screenwriting is writing something early in the movie that later comes up again. You we mean call like, this structure. <laughs> you so, mean like Chekhov's head plate? Yeah, exactly. So we established that Pee-wee has a metal plate in his head. He fell into a well. There's no way to get him out without like causing the well to collapse. So they're like, he's going to be in there for three days. And I'm like, that's that's... going to be past my birthday. Yeah. So Joe Man in Yellow, he decides that he's going to use his giant magnet <laughs> that he has in his pocket. I'm going to be honest. I did not see this coming. I knew the plate in the head would come into play in some way. She didn't know how. I thought maybe he would get like fully shot in the head or something. And then, they'd be like, <laughs> oh no, Pee Wee. You know, and Joe Man in Yellow like kills the other dude. He's like, no, Pee. He's like, ha, I told you I have a metal plate in my head. I, I wish if, if that did happen, it'd be like a Terminator reveal. Yeah, <laughs> like that's like half of his face. The, well, the, that's the like... skin is blown off and like it's just metal underneath. <laughs> <laughs> or no, or no. It, at that point, it would be like, it literally would be like Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre because he's got the wigs to cover up the fact that half or... of his scalp is just metal. <laughs> or. To reference one of my favorite directors, David Twohey, a, per- a perfect getaway features Timothy Oliphant as a guy who keeps talking about how he has a metal plate in his head and we all think he's full of shit until Steve Zahn tries to shoot him and he reveals that he does have a metal plate and then he ties it back up with a belt and goes after him with a hatchet. Oh, God. What? Yeah, perfect getaway. Really good movie, you guys. Is it's prob- it? Honestly, looking back, it's definitely David Twohey's best movie. <laughs> Is it? Yes. I mean, uh, hey, it's got to be better Compared than... to what? Yeah. 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 I mean, come on. Where's my gun? Waterworld. I'm still holding it. It's still pointed at you. Give it to me. No. I just want to see it for a second. No. <laughs> I mean, he just wants to see it. Yeah, no. Co- Thank you, Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but no. He... So, so Joe Maniello pulls him out and then, and then shows a... him that he has also lost his mind and made a whole miniature version <laughs> of, of New York and Fairview. And inside of the miniature version of Fairview is Pee-wee's miniature of Fairview, which, if it's any miniature worth its salt, contains a miniature version of Fairview, which contains a miniature version of Fairview. And this is a form of artwork known as Mizan Abim, <laughs> which means placed in the abyss. And that means when you have a smaller version of the artwork inside of the artwork. Can I use Kreider's gun on him now? Please. <laughs> Uh, and then and then it ends with a sixteen candles type of thing where they're sitting together. Fortunately, not though. Fortunately, it's like only a little sixteen candles. <laughs> yeah, they're sharing the the root beer barrel. Yeah, because yeah. the joke is that he drinks the liquid out of a root beer barrel instead of eating it, and that's funny because that's not what you're supposed to do with a root beer barrel. Is that the joke? Because that's the joke. 
Because Briggs and I, when we were yeah. driving away well, you guys after don't, watching, we were like, "You guys like, don't so seem to know works? what root beer barrels are." Yeah, no, that's we the don't. problem. We don't. It's oh, okay. It's a piece of hard candy that tastes like root beer. Uh, and, and, and like we were there's driving, no liquid inside of it. And we were driving away. I was like, "Oh, so it's a uh, Briggs." I think it's like some kind of like gummy candy or something. No, he's like, that, "Oh, that would make sense if he's putting the straw in it to drink something." I gotta out go of to it. the dollar store and get us some root beer barrels. I'm not gonna eat them. Uh, I'll, I'll have a root beer barrel. I'll have curiosity. Briggs, you like gross candy like I do. No, I like good candy like candy corn and chocolate oranges yeah good shit yeah mm. yeah people who like ferrero rocher i can't trust no no it's like you really like sucking on hazelnut testicles yeah <laughs> it reminds me of like some kind of like it's like ashy chocolate it's like someone like just like took a ball of ash and like covered it in chocolate but and like said, honestly it. what peewee's big holiday serves as is like hey if your kid really likes peewee's big adventure and you don't want to show them Big Top Pee Wee. They'll probably like this. You'll, they'll probably like this. This like, will this shut is them a better up for a sequel. couple hours. Yeah. yeah it, it, you know. it's, it definitely feels more in line with what they were doing in Big Adventure. It's just... it's it's Honestly, it feels like Pee Wee's Big Adventure light. Yeah. Yeah. Well, literally like budget light, you know. Well, actors just, uh, light, director's over, light. Overall, just in general, like it feels like it's trying to do everything that Adventure did. It just isn't doing it as great. It's not like the no, first like, movie had that. No, go ahead. No good. It's not like the first movie had that many big stars anyway. Well, I mean, even that aside, it's just like, you know, the jokes and everything. It's like, it felt like it was trying to go for everything that the first one did. It just like, just was a, felt a little subpar for the most part. No, and they like they. I guess they tried to like teach him a lesson this time, which is that it's like sometimes you got to leave home. But it's like I thought you learned that when you left home last time, and the time before that. Yeah, but you lost your. You had a plate in your head because maybe his uh, French trapeze wife caught him like trying to bang somebody and like shot him in the face or something, <laughs> or just intentionally dropped him. Yeah, or, dropped him on purpose. Or uh, a cow stepped on his head. Yeah, a cow stepped on his head. Or... The cow was part of the tightrope. Yeah, no, the cow. Him. He was following the cow, and the cow got scared, so it just kicked him from behind. Yeah, yeah, or the horse. Yeah, or he was riding the horse, and he looked up, and like a coin, like you know, went through his eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, many, many, many references that we could make to God, imagine, movies. Imagine, imagine Pee Wee. The coin goes through his eye, so he's just got a fake eye now. It could, and then he would he would do bits with it. He would fill it with mints, like the warden from Ricky O. Yeah. <laughs> would you like some mints? Nah. Um, I was like, uh, my buddy Mike hasn't seen Ricky O, and he sent me like a a meme from it. Nah. I was like, have you seen this movie? He's like, this is a movie. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Briggs, I gotta show you. It's such a because it's just that clip where like the fucking kid's lower mouth gets just like. Whoosh, whoosh. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> And I was like, I remember seeing that, like, yeah, and I was like, what the fuck? And that movie like, is a, a serious meme, though. Oh, yeah. No, that movie is all that meme. Movie. Introducing people to that movie is one of my favorite things ever. But, uh. Oh, man. Can you imagine Ricky O with Pee Wee Herman going to jail? Holy shit. That would rule. <laughs> yes. Now, that's the movie, yeah, that I want is like a Pee Wee Herman in jail, and he's like, you're not, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> I will. Uh, I will give this movie credit for not being like you know. I mean, it would be so easy, as we see with some of his, with his two other like pitch scripts. It would have been so easy to just go full nostalgia mode. Yes, and like milk it. Yeah, no, and like hey, uh, remember this? Yeah, there's no. He's not. He's trying to play off just the love of Pee Wee as a character, not any of like the things that were like. 
And so, yeah, it's kind of good to not see, like, really old Lawrence Fishburne, like, I just can't do it anymore, Pee-wee. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty... F- actually, would, yeah, no, actually, that's uh, yeah, brilliant. Come on, no. that's a good, that's a good Nick, pitch. Nick Pizzolatto, Cowboy Curtis, who has to get, like, one more... He has to get his outfit on one last time. And that's how it ends, is, like, Pee-wee gets shot, and there's a metal plate, and it's like, well, I'm going to shoot you again, and then, bam, 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 fucking Lawrence Fishburne comes out in his purple, glittery outfit shooting the guy you got to have the moment where peewee visits uh captain carl's grave since that was phil hartman hi captain phil carl <laughs> i you miss get? you since your wife murdered you oof but uh <laughs> oof <laughs> you didn't have to make it real oh but uh would, would cowboy curtis have the the curly hair or would he be bald like you would Lord put on the hair it would be attached to the cowboy hat <laughs> Oh yes, you know That'd how you could buy the hats with hair attached. Oh yeah, so you just like <laughs> just put it all on together. <laughs> uh, see, I'd like to see that nostalgia bait Pee Wee movie. Yeah, we call it Pee Wee Resurrections. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, ugh, Jesus, get it? <laughs> yeah, do you know. get it? So I, I give it. I give. I, I give Paul Rubens props for trying to do that. Um, and it's also I like that this movie is not super cynical. Yeah, it's very and he positive. He's trying to still make like what Pee-wee's big adventure has, which was like a very simple story, mm-hmm. you know. And like I like what people don't understand is like, you know, your if your premise is too complicated, it's not a very good story. You need like a, something that's at its heart is really simple. Yeah. And like so it's not as good as the bike thing. You know, it's not as much. It's not as much of a drive. Probably could have been as good as the bike thing if it was the, the rocks. Right, yeah, yeah with if, the right star power, dude. I would fucking, I would literally murder somebody to go to the rocks birthday party if I got invited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would actually get a hold of his gun at this point. Like, I wouldn't need it. Like, <laughs> fundamentally, I would use my blowgun. Like, like bits of the movie are like fine, but fundamentally, it just doesn't work. As it as it's built on a, a really rocky premise. No, yeah. and like that's why like this is a rocky trilogy where I'm like, you could just skip Big Top Pee Wee and this is just a fun little like epilogue Duology. for yeah. for Paul Rubens. But I I don't know. I mean I feel like if I ever have kids I will show them Big Top Pee Wee at some point. I got CPS on speed dial. Don't worry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. I won't show my kids Big Top Pee Wee. So before we move on to assessing this the whole... Tr- from the guy who watched Halloween when he was seven. Yeah. So before we assess the whole trilogy, uh, what's your rating for this one? I want to give this one a seven out of ten. That's That sounds fair enough. I'd go seven out of ten also. I'll, I'll be a, a, a little mean and go six out of ten. I don't think that's mean. It's, no, that's not mean. It's, but yeah, this it, was such a relief after Big Top Pee Wee. But at the same time, <laughs> and not as great as Adventure. No, yeah, it was like, but it pulled us out of the gulch a little bit. Because, like, uh, in my opinion, a seven is like that's the bare minimum score of like being entertained. Mm-hmm. Whereas six is like I'm this close to being entertained, but I'm still just not. To quote Pee Wee Herman, it was real, and it was fun. But was it real fun? Hmm. It True. was fun. I liked it. Honestly, it's like, like I said, like, you know, I like this as our last Pee Wee movie, you know? Yeah. It would have been a shame if the last Pee Wee Herman movie was Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's So true, it's true. like, hey, let's just think of Pee Wee in his little treehouse drinking a tiny little root barrel, root beer barrel with Joe Man in yellow, this, you know? This trilogy, it's kind of like, it's almost like a reverse Riddick trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> where the middle one still sucks and I it's trying it's... something different but you know 
And now and now it's like the third one is trying to like catch a little bit of that fire of the first one, but not doing it as well. Yeah. Also, wouldn't it have been amazing if it was Pee Wee Herman being transported across space? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's just there's so many movies out there where if you just replaced so much... it with Pee Wee. That's it... why I'm like, maybe Pee Wee needs to just be in like, you know, set up against set against the backdrop of a story, you know? Like, yeah. Big Top Pee Wee has no plot. No plot. What if a circus? Like, but, uh, if it really was just a hell, Pee Wee, me, Chris Christopherson, I was drunk this entire movie. But <laughs> guess what? Some people don't realize I invented life insurance. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. <laughs> did he? No. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you convinced. You almost convinced me. Um, do we want to go ahead and rate the trilogy? That means I'm already a better actor than Chris Christopherson ever was. <laughs> he spells his name with a K, which I think is really gross. Uh, Chris is with a K. My Fuck buddy, yourself. My buddy Chris Bueno is the only one that's allowed to do that. I, I know a guy that's got a K that has a Chris spelt with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Bad people. Do we want to go ahead and rate the trilogy, though? Yeah. What do you give it? Overall. Uh, I give the overall trilogy a 7 out of 10 for nostalgia. I'm gonna go overall. I'm gonna give it a six out of ten. The yeah. first, the first movie is just so fucking great. I hated hated the second one, and third one is almost great. It's got some good moments here and there, but not enough to really pull back all the fire that they had in the first movie. But I could see myself revisiting Adventure. Uh, I mean, um, holiday at some point. So yeah, six out of ten for me. Like, but but would you have kids to show it to though? Because I mean, you know, I mean, feel it just feels like hypocritical if you're gonna. Call... I would show them the first and third movies. Well, then you should call yeah, CPS on yourself. No, because I'm not showing them Big Top. Oh. Yeah, he was threatening to call CPS because I was like, I'll probably eventually show my kids Big Top Pee Wee if I have kids. Oh, you said Big Top. Okay, I agreed then. Yeah. Sorry, but, I thought you um... said Polly. But anyway. My score, uh, I'm actually with you, Carter, 7 out of 10. It's like, it's mostly entertaining, with the exception of the second one. Uh, you know, like the third one, it almost gets there, but it just doesn't quite meet it. But it's... No, and like, you know, there's almost enough material for two great movies across all three of these movies. Yeah. Because like the first one's so good, it's got brilliance to spare. Love it. Love and it then, so. Yeah, like. And you know, the second one could have been good if it had been handled properly. No, and you know. Eventually, we're going to do our Pee Wee movie, and uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is a little too old, so i got to go with Barry Keoghan, man. Yeah. Yeah. Barry Keoghan will be the new Pee Wee Herman, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> going to talk about, like, you know, his whole life after he salt burns the... <laughs> salt burns everybody. After he salt burns uh, cat, the Catton family. Oh, uh, boy. So, but, uh... what's our next trilogy? Well, uh... Continuing on with being like uh, fun and lighthearted and comedy, uh, but now going into an auteur trilogy, we're going to talk about a duo that we kind of dropped within this. Oh, yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone's standalone film trilogy. Wow. Now, go down the list. Oh, uh, well, that will include uh, uh, that's uh, Orgasmo. Uh, as well as Cannibal the Musical. And celebrating its 20th anniversary in 2024. Team America! Now, these are all three brilliant movies, but 
there's a leap in quality from Orgasmo to Team America. I'll tell you Indeed. that much. <laughs> I haven't seen Orgasmo yet. That's the one I have yet to see, so I'm very curious. I mean, you know, before gritty, low-budget superhero movies were a thing, Trey Parker and Matt Stone fucking did it, you guys. Hell yeah. Now, and like, yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to show these two guys. Campbell the Musical is one of my favorite movies growing up because it's like I love a good independent film mm-hmm. and it's still a musical and like I love Cannibal the Musical. And you'll get to see with Cannibal especially like so many of the voices and characters and humor of South Park is all there. Okay. I, it really is. Like it straight up has like uh You'll hear voices or like jokes that like we're it, literally It has the it's Kyle's hair joke kind of thing as well. Yeah, where they he takes off his hair and he's got a huge afro. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm yeah, excited be really I've, only fun, ever you know? seen, I've only ever seen team america so i'm i'm excited no, and i haven't seen team america in a while i know it's been but, a uh, it's been a minute since i've seen team america I, I just got the shout factory unrated blu-ray and i've been looking for a good opportunity to watch it so oh, fuck yeah shit and yeah, no, this is gonna be like we'll be able to burn through these in a day because they're short and fucking fantastic yeah. much like peewee yeah, yeah no peewee. much like peewee and like um you know trey parker and matt stone like Cannibal the Musical especially like l- really plants the seeds for Book of Mormon. <laughs> <laughs> it really does. Like, like they literally like let's the take those is... parts and turn it into a whole musical. The tune is really there. Mm, fun. No, and uh, so yeah, and um, so make sure you follow us on all our socials. We got a lot of cool shit coming out this year. I'm fucking psyched for a new year of Triptych. We're gonna have a a lot of stuff going down the pipe. Plenty of films that uh. I've been in production since last year that we're hoping to release this year and then work on some new stuff and show y'all. And then on the podcast, we got uh, we pretty much have the whole year planned out as far as episodes go. And so we, we're going to be touching on some really fun trilogies this uh, this year. We got some more auteur, more more interesting, like kind of not full trilogies you know like not like back to the future or star wars or anything but like you know, more like curated yeah more like fun director based trilogies like we did with the jordan peele episode last year and new guests for a change also yes. indeed as well as some returning so, keep it locked follow us at team insomniac films on instagram i'm at cry to the writer i am at big boss tune i am at briggs underscore metal revolution Bye. <laughs>